that was better. You did one episode and it's better. Sure, because we just talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's right. How you guys doing tonight? New Japan whore. Doing awesome. (laughs) Kevin, are you okay over there? No, I'm dying. Kevin's Kevin's dying. dying. (laughs) Fucking whore. It's episode 584 of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. We got a huge show tonight for you. Yes, you, the listener out there in, in, in listener world. Uh, we're going to talk to Brian R. Solomon. He's the author of Blood and Fire, the first biography of the Sheik, the original Sheik. And uh, we, got we got picks to talk about and the NWA and the MLW and the AEW and the WWEs. And we got a Wizards Rewind. Oh, back boy, do Superstars. we. Superstars. Beautiful stuff. Uh, May 23rd, 1992. I'm all fired up. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, fix my chair. Fix it. Fix it good. It's fixed, bitches. Uh, are we not? Are we just doing like a? Are we going? We're doing it. No, just say what's. Yeah, all this and more on the. Uh... Say what you need to say. <sighs> wow, that was awful. <laughs> all this and more coming up on episode 584 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, this is Sean Mooney. You may remember me from the event center, but now I like to spend my time with the Shining Wizards. What's up, fuckers? Where did cheese go? The stupid fucking question, Kevin. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I... Whoa. Hey, this is Moose. God, that was disgusting. Shining Wizards rule the world. You're tuned in live to a COVID-free episode of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, episode number 584, live on the rant, rantemradio.com. Coming to you live in video form on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the Twitch, and on the YouTubes. And going with you wherever you go, because we are available on each and every single podcasting platform. But enough of this palaver. It's time for some wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. Tony. Matt. KJ Allergy. Fellas, <laughs> fellas, what's going on tonight? How are you guys been? How you doing? And what's up with you? I'm great. I'm great, man. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm actually better. Yeah, 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 yeah Tony. Last oh, yeah, week's COVID. uh yeah, last week's adventure was uh I was I wasn't feeling great Monday and then 
Tuesday, I kind of felt out of sorts, but didn't feel completely bad. And then Tuesday night, it all went to shiznits, got the chills, got the fevers. Uh, it was one of those debates where like you want to get up to put more clothes on while you're laying in bed, but you don't want to move because you're just going to start shivering. It was one of those deals. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday, I said, well, better make sure I go get tested. And then Thursday, I found out I got the great news. Yay, I joined the club. COVID Tony. COVID. Co yeah, in my face, and my ass, everywhere. Oh, you everywhere. got the COVID in your ass. Of well, of course. I mean, I had the shit, so, you know. Figured that was one of the that's byproducts. Part of, that's part of COVID? I don't know. Like, everybody I've talked to that have had COVID, like, everybody's got something different out of it. Like, somebody was just like, I just had a massive headache. And some people are like, you know, like, I didn't have any symptoms. But me, I mean, I had fever. I had chills. Now, Tony, were these, let's be honest here. Okay. Were, were, were these any different than, like, your regular no, Movements. but they smelt they smelt meaty, if that makes sense. Oh, Almost like there were body parts being evacuated. <laughs> it's so wrong. So all right, so this is a this is a I public had COVID. What do you mean what was wrong with me? This is a public service announcement to everybody. If your movements <laughs> smell, smell like meaty, meat. you got the vid. Yeah, pretty pretty much. The good news is today's day five oh, without a fever. News. I went to get retested, so hopefully I'm in the clear tomorrow. But uh, what have you been doing with all your free time? Uh, actually, just working and sleeping. I really thought I was gonna have to take a couple days off of work, but actually, because uh, I work, for, I can work from home. I have that option, so wow, I got my shit in. And Did you get uh, your family sick and out. No, well, you know, my son was sick, but he mm. was negative and my wife was negative so it's just weird but so my wife's got some other kind of like <clears throat> or something going on now so like i'm afraid i might get that so whooping cough i'm yes exactly so i might be at a covid clear she's got meat shits too so yes sir you know, first why do you talk about your wife like that first of all i didn't talk about her i talked about her shits there's a difference that's that comes from her okay let me ask you this if okay. you talk about your wife's dinner is that offensive no no so well, then what's the well, difference depends. about is it, is it going in or is it coming out? Oh, so that makes a difference then. Yeah, if you're talking about it before oh. it the final destination, then yes, it's very nice. But oh, all right, well then I then I'll take that back. You're right. I shouldn't have talked about it. Um that. Right. fair enough. This bout of COVID that you yes. suffered, uh, did it allow you some alone time? Did you quarantine from the rest of the family? Oh, no, really not. I mean... Oh, well, what a, what a great guy. See, look, here's the <laughs> thing, right? So, like, we've been around each other, like, since, like, Saturday. And we went to we went to see my niece partake in You her, went no, out? Wait, no, what? Did, no, 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 no. It was two weeks ago. Oh. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, it wasn't this past week for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, by the way. Which I don't think we wished them last week. But, oh, no, wow. like, so... We went out. It was Mother's Day yesterday. Relax. Yeah, yeah whatever. Every day yeah, should be because... Mother's Day, not just one day. Yeah. Relax. Mother's get enough. I'm relaxed. I'm fucking chill, bro. I know. You're acting weird tonight. It's so like you almost did, did another did podcast. So I'm like, I was gonna say it's vinegar. So you gave all your effort to that one, and this one you're saying fuck off. No, I got fucking notes. I'm ready, man. I had a very busy week at work, but I didn't watch a lot of wrestling, but I can talk talk my balls off about it. 
No, so we went we went to uh, one of the local high schools where my niece goes to school because they had a dance competition and there was like a thousand kids there. So I can't that's imagine cool. that's that's not where we all wound up getting something or other. I just hit the uh, I just hit the lottery for the sicknesses when we were there. So no, I didn't go anywhere this weekend. I didn't get to see my mother or my grandmother. Uh, I didn't get to see my mother in law. I didn't get to see my sister in law, my niece and nephew. It, it sucked. For but you. you know what? Another holiday good. stuck in the house. What's the difference? What's the sounds difference? great to me? Apparently, oh, fantastical. I did apparently. have sick balls though. By the way, sick wait. balls. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. You don't know sick balls? Please. No. no. Wait. Neither one of you know sick balls. Come on. Is you've this never had a, a. You've never had a fever. When you get a fever, your balls sag further away from your body because your boys inside your balls will cook if the internal temperature of your body is higher than normal. So you get sick balls. They kind of hang lower than they usually do. Wow, you, that's you guys, unbelievable. You, you, I'm, Hulkster, I'm not kidding. This is a thing. This is medical science. I've never. It's, def it's definitely not listed in a medical journal as sick <laughs> balls. All right. Is it called fever dissension? No, not dissension. Descending. Fever, fever fe testicles. Fe fever sagging. Fever sagging. Interesting. I kind of like that. That's right. I think we're all fever sagging right now. Here, sick balls from the Urban Dictionary. A foolproof indicator that one is getting sick. This is when the balls, scrotum, hang just a bit lower and are very flaccid to the touch. It's actually a very good description. Wait, just, a, real... just a bit lower? Well, I mean, how long do you... Like, they don't hang to your knees. <laughs> but like, how You're do you getting like... our information from Urban fucking Dictionary. No, I'm just saying that's a thing. It's a thing, dude. It's a thing, and I had it Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, you learn something new every week on the Shining Wizards. Carrie, that's a great right? question. What did I just tune into? Sick well, balls. Carrie, yeah, sick balls, which is probably the name of the episode now. Um, <laughs> write that down. Uh, you know, we do like a great show, a great interview with Caprice Coleman last week. And then I'm like, man, this should get us a lot of press. And it does. Kevin does a great job writing up uh, a press release. And it's been picked up. And Capri shared it on social media. And then Tony's just throwing out these unmedical terms. And then he's using Urban Dictionary as, like, the bar. Yeah. We are the bar. Um, <laughs> we are the bar. We and are the bar. Like, when you, you go... Sick ball, it's not. It has to be like there has to be a medical term for it. You I'm can't just get it, it off of a fucking it... dude. They've been called sick balls long before Urban Dictionary existed. I know they are Tony. What's that? Descendicles. <laughs> there, that's what it is. That's the term. How long, how long until Russell Pro has a tag team called the Descendicles? <laughs> oh, I'll pitch it tomorrow. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, now Matt's got something to do. <laughs> Matt's got too much to do. Matt's I know you're researching the technical term for sick balls. I am, and one of the questions that come came up was, "Does COVID make your balls hurt?" No, my balls didn't hurt. Okay, I sneezed today, and my balls hurt. Ooh, that means you tightened up everything. You're, you're yeah. probably tightened up your butthole too. Probably. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Sneezing all day, dude. Did if you, you take had a... anything, <laughs> I did. I took. I'm an Alivert guy. Yeah, me too. Big Alivert guy. Doesn't sound like it's working. Well, I just took it like 
couple hours ago. You that just took it. Me. A couple hours ago. Should have been a couple hours right ago. That's right. Check, check the expiration date on that box, there, brother. <laughs> sometimes it I means sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. My, I, I get I get allergies bad every year from April to June. I'm I'm in bad shape. Thankfully, my eyes aren't like <laughs> just burning. April to June. <laughs> oh, that's it. Just ninety days. Just the second quarter of the year. Oh fuck me, man. Yeah. So if you guys hear. Me sneezing or snot bubbles or be sniffling. I'm sorry. Well, you could mute the mic. I mean, I can't every time I sniff. <laughs> yeah, sniff That's what fucking cough buttons for a mute button. I, I yeah, if I understand, if I cough, but like uh, you don't, you don't, you can't predict a sniffle. You don't have a button on your microphone. Yeah, he does. No, no, I have a volume. No, I have a volume knob. Oh, I have turn a button. I have turn it all the way down. Button. Turn your volume knob all the way down. Let's see what happens. All right, all right. Give me a second. That thing's not going to do it. That's only for your headphones. Oh shit! It does. Look at that. Whoa! But again, that's oh wow. That, that also that's you know not instantaneous. A sniffle is very instantaneous. Yo, I always thought this this volume thing was like for headphones. Like if you want to plug the headphones directly into the mic, this shit works for me too. Whoa! Kevin yeah. taught me something today. No, this I didn't teach awesome. you anything. Matt did that. Matt did it. Matt Thank did you. it. I did it. That's right. No, so, Kev, how was your weekend? Yeah, Kev, how are you? I'm good. You know, did a little, little Russell Pro on Saturday. Oh, how was that? Yeah. It was good. It was really good. A lot of fun. I mean, I don't really have the, the responsibilities that I used to, which is actually kind of good. But, um, So you get Joe, to just go be a fan? I get to hang out. I still, I still sit at the table just in case in the back. Um, but... Kind of like I guess like a sure. uh, a fail safe if if uh, if the dude that they hired has to go do something. Um, so I did that. Uh, I didn't really see anybody though until like later on. Like no one like I didn't see like Scotty too hotty at all until uh, intermission. But uh, I'll tell you what though, go out of your way if you can watch that Pat Buck Joey Janela match. You see a totally different side of Joey Janela. You see a totally different side of uh, Pat Buck. And you see a little bit of the same if you've if you followed uh, the careers. Pat's first match back, first match, and God knows how long. So it was it was awesome. It was just a fun night. Crowd was decent. A lot of lot of companies were running that night. You had the '80s Wrestling Con. You had a bunch of other stuff happening, but the crowd was still live and and popped huge for a lot of good stuff. And it was just it was just a good time, man. It's always a good time. Awesome sauces. That's, That's what it. I like to hear. Yep, had a few daddy sodas afterwards with you know uh, Bear Country and, and Joey, and it was just a good time. And Mario, it was just fun. Good stuff. Fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. But yeah, it was tough. Not a lot, lot of people. It was, everyone was very busy. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like it was a uh, a very busy weekend all around for wrestling in this area. There was a lot of shit going on. Yeah, there was. I was hoping I would get rained out at work Saturday, and I would go over to the to the men in sports arena over here since it's literally right down the street from me, but I had yeah. to work. I was actually thinking about heading over to that as well. However, you know, kind of stuck in the house and everything got, you know, yeah. shit, shitted. So yeah, the descendicles happened. Yes. Fucking, uh, the fucking hot dog fingers was over there. And I yeah, shot him a message. I'm like, bro, how come you didn't tell me you were going to be like around the corner from my house? He probably texted you back, bro. Listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, bro, good luck. 
Your boys, the Domingos, were there. Jay was there. Were they were they recording? Were they vending somebody? Yeah, no, no they, they were recording. They recorded, and I think I haven't listened to the entire show yet because they did four hours. But I think they got <laughs> I think they got an interview with Paul Roma too. Which oh, is, so did we. I can't wait to listen to. Are you supposed to tell people that? Who me? Yeah. What do you mean tell people that? I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm just plugging our boys. I told him to tell uh, the Brooklyn Brawler he's a fucking hand job. That's right. Big old handy. He really is. Freaking sending him a pitcher of beer and completely de Chris Jericho told me I couldn't do any other podcast after I did his on the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, my God. I forgot that's what he did. Did his book ever come out? Remember he wanted to write a book? He was going to write a book. Ah, the yeah. Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. Oh Jesus! He, <laughs> he only knows how to spend time. Uh, push it and pull it. Wanna go meet to meet? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brooklyn Brawler! Uh, if only it was Colt Cabana as the Brooklyn Brawler. Dude, I saw the picture of him today. Holy shit! Looks just like him. Oh That's my great. god! Amazing. Yeah, I didn't even see Colt actually. Now that I think about it. Because he was on the show, but I didn't see him at all before. I think they were all in that segregated locker room gimmick. Segregation. Wow. That's oh god, terrible word. Um VIP locker room. <laughs> I think that's where him and Scott. Yo, did your lights go out? Mine? No, Matt's no, like Matt. he covered his face. The room got dark. Look. And now oh. watch. Look. <laughs> okay, how does that happen? No, no, put it right put it right up against put your on your right. Yeah. Oh my Look! god, yeah. Dude, the whole room went dark. I thought you lost power or something. No, we're good. All systems are geo over here. Thought you were about to be like a Cody Rhodes entrance. Do you? Ah! Is that the? Is that ah! the light? Is that the light from your monitor? Do you have like a white girl light behind the thing? Oh, no, I just Tell have a have white girl light. No, I don't oh. have a white girl light. It was just so weird that you were doing like magic. Strange magic. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with uh oh it's magic. You oh. know. Oh no, I went with cars. I know what you're going with. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, oh it's, it's magic. magic. You know, you know. it's not so. How do I do this? How do we do anything? Matt, ten and a half years, you still haven't figured it out? <laughs> no, I gotta share something with somebody. God damn it. Chair. Chair, chair, oh, like Sunny and Chair. Dun 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 dun. dun Sunny and Chair. That would be a terrible. I want access to my chair. Google Drive. Google. Oh God! Tell the British kid to figure it out himself. Yeah. It's how did, how did you get dead? How, how did you get saddled with running that that gimmick? By the He's way, a sucker. I didn't get saddled. I'm just. I just. I'm a take charge type of person. <laughs> Can't really argue that. No, this is true. Can't really. I was going to make a snide Wednesday night comment, but uh, that's pretty right. What? Yes. I I fucking work. All right. That's why I didn't do the fucking show. Okay. Yes, Mr. I Dunk Biscuits. uh, This is sing along night. Any requests? I'll take requests. Oh, please send them in, folks. Anything you want to hear us sing. That's right. Wrestling related or whatever. If we know it, we'll we'll, we'll hum a few bars. I will sing anything. Even if I don't know it, I'll make it up. Yes, that's the best time to do that. Thank you, Tony. That logic is flawless. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. Oh, boy. Oh, we lost Matt. Yeah. No, just give me a second. 
<laughs> so send in your request of a song that you want me to sing, and I'll sing it in my terrible allergy nasal voice. Oh boy! Hey, Kev. Yo, you want you want to do a three count around the horn since Matt's a little busy? What horn? Uh, I we could start with the MLW horn if you want. That's all. That's your horn, baby. Well, do you know how to pull up the graphic thing? We're really yes, I can. I can do that. I can. Oh do wait, that. I got it. I got it right here. Oh no, oh, wait, right. I don't. No, what hold on, I can do it. I, I can... got it. I got it. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can get the next one because mm. we're gonna need the next one soon enough. Um, MLW for my three count. Actually, this week in the ring was solid. Was it? Everything was fantastic. Did you watch MLW, Matt? No, you didn't watch well, it this week. The only wrestling I watched this week was Superstars from May 1992. Yes. It and it's the only like we thing all that... watched that, didn't we? It's the only thing that everyone should watch. Um, so let's see. So MLW, the first count, Hustle and Power defended their tag team titles against Bud Heavy and Easy Pickens, I guess. Didn't matter. It was a one-minute squash, but Hustle and Power is so much fun. I love this tag team. You know Hustle and Power is. It's EJ and Duca and Calvin Tankman. Of That's course, who doesn't know that? Myron Reed, number two, defends his world middleweight championship against the returning MLW champion, Shane Strickland. This was a good fucking match. These guys actually worked really well together. Uh, Shane Strickland came in like he owned the place, and Myron Reed's like, all right, I see you, I feel you. They had a good match. Uh, main event match, uh, Richard Holiday got Davey Richards in this one, and this was actually really good as well. Davy Richards was a fucking, I mean, Holiday's a seasoned veteran at this point, but you could tell this was all Richards. The story was great, though. Holiday hung with him, uh, wound up getting the pin on this one. Alicia got a little bit involved to try to make things, you know, you show that Holiday's the bad guy in this, and all things are pointing to Kings Coliseum, May 13th, Philadelphia, headlined by one and only Hammerstone defending against Richard Holiday. We got a bunch of other matches. We'll get to those as the, uh, actually that is next week. Maybe we should talk more about that now. I don't know. I thought I had the page somewhere, but do I don't. Mean? I thought I had the, the card pulled up. Huh? The no, we're not MLW doing picks. Tapings? Yeah. Yeah. It's tapings for next week. Uh, in Philly. I got it right here, man. Well, while Matt got that, uh, next week we got bestia say, say, say in an apocalypto match Fuck yeah. against Jacob Fatu. And this is because Fatu got his ass handed to him last week. And uh, El Jefe tried paying off Bestia. And Bestia's like, no, nah, man, that money's not enough. That's not enough. I want a match. I want an Apocalypto match. So they're going to have that next week. And Bestia took the money anyway. So he wants it all. But uh, I think Fatu's going to fucking hand him his ass. Matt, what do we got for King's Coliseum? All right. King, 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 King Coliseum. <laughs> is it, isn't, uh, Fatu, isn't Fatu debuting his own Samoan SWAT team? Yes, that's probably at Kings of Coliseum, no? Or is he wrestling Mads Kruger again at that show? That might be a weapons match again at that at that. All moment. right, this is what Kings of the Coliseum looks like. I'm also booking guests for June as we speak. I'm very busy over here. Yes, apparently. I need a, like a secretary. <clears throat> Can you guys hook me up? And yeah, uh, what time should Hummer come over next week? Yeah, what's we'll on Hummer? D- never mind, disregard. Uh, this is what's happening at the 2300 Arena this Friday night. Get your tickets now at ticketsmaster.com. Tickets Alex Master. Hammerstone defends oh. against Richard Holiday with Alicia Atut. Toot, toot. Aya Valkyrie takes on Holiday to crown the inaugural MLW Women's Featherweight Champion. There is a weapons of mass destruction match. Tony was correct. Jacob Fatu and Mads Kruger collide. Enzo takes on the debuting Lince Dorado. Oh, boy. 
we got a three-way dance for the MLW World Tag Team Champions chips yep. matches. Uh, hustle and power defend against the Von Erics. Why do the fucking Von Erics keep getting title shots? And uh, fifty-one fifty. Because the Von Erics are awesome, bro. Recognize the Thrilla in Phila. <laughs> the MLW National Openweight Champion Alex Kane defends against to be determined victim. Tibbeted. Victim. Uh, Matt Cross, ACH, Myron Reed against uh, Casey Navarro and Arez in a triple threat match for the MLW Middleweight Championship. The Sandman is in action and the Blue Meanie will be there as well. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Those kids got a future. So, uh, you suggest watching the MLW, T-Donk? Yeah, actually, this week it was really good. The in-ring action like made it stand out. There was no fucking Microman for a change, although Microman's going to be in Philadelphia as well. Good luck there. Uh, I think he's actually wrestling Mini Abismo Negro, maybe. Oh, I think that, was, that might be a thing. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Microman's good for merch, not so much in the ring, dude. Like one or for two merch. Spots, that's it. Yeah, man. They got the Microman logo, like the Super Mario 3 logo with his, his little arms up did in the you air. Buy, did you buy a Microman shirt? I did not buy a Microman shirt, but it's so, cool looking. So then how is he good for merch if the doc won't even buy one? Well, there's a lot of good things out there for merch. It doesn't mean I'm buying all of them. My name's not fucking Matt. I mean... <laughs> Both good points. An SCMLW3 count for the week. Hey, can we get into the pay-per-view? You want to do picks? I want to do picks. Hold on. You know what? If we're going to do that, let me run down this uh, this three count real quick, if you don't mind. If we're doing three counts. No! Let's let's continue with three all right, counts. Let's I love it. Do it, boys. Give me your three yeah. count. I'm going to get back to the groove here. The three count. Impact. And I'm going to... I feel like... I'm not going to do actual impact wrestling from Thursday. I might as well just do under siege. Cause that's the most recent uh, event. So talking about something that happened prior to this just seems a little moot, uh, but the three count, we have two big returns. So three count. Number one, Sammy Callahan is back in impact wrestling. Just, thumbs uh, just up, thumbs down. interrupted uh, Moose's promo, all those vignettes, all those fancy uh, vignettes that we've been seeing over the last few weeks is in fact, Matt's prediction. I think we all kind of thought that uh, that Sammy Callahan would be back. He comes back, beats up Moose. Oh, no, Moose. I'm sorry, Moose. Hey. Hey, this is Moose. Moose, I'm so sorry that Sammy Callahan did that to you. Moose, what are you going to do to get revenge? Shine in the wizard. That's right. You should shine the wizard. Uh, So Sammy Callahan came back. Oh, my God. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Hi-hee! All right, we're good. False alarm. (laughs) Uh, the second return of the night, which is actually kind of like the big deal, is uh, is uh, Mia Yim is now back in Impact Wrestling. So uh, after the uh, Taya Valkyrie Diana Parazu match, uh, which Taya won, uh, Mia Yim makes her return, and so it looks like we're getting towards a uh, Mia Yim Diana Parazu. Mia and- Yim, more like Mia Yum. Am I right, fellas? All right, that's not bad. Um. <laughs> And uh, my uh, number three for the three count is straight strap the rocket to the Briscoes, baby, because they are your new Impact World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. What? For real? Oh, yeah. I think that's fantastic, by the way. It is awesome. Yeah, they defeated uh, Violent by Design. And uh, so Violent by Design, and this is like no disrespect to Diener, because I think Diener is incredible. But like, if you have the free bird rule, free bird rule, why would you not always have it be Eric Young and Joe Doring? Like, why would you like? 
Like, why would you ever have someone that's not a six foot whatever dude like in your match? I guess because they eventually have to lose. I don't know. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of, and it's not a good reason. No, yeah. Then, then, then don't do the the freebird rule and just have the the team be Eric and and Diener. Because if Diener's always the one that's going to lose, then what's that like? Like, what's the point of having him in the group anyway? And like, what like what does he mean to the group if he's just going to be the guy that takes the fall all the time? Yeah, that, that that's ultimately the problem you run into. And uh, just a little bit more on uh, Under Siege. Um, I loved, if you can, go out of your way to watch the the 10-man tag match between Bullet Club and Honor No More. Uh, just a whole lot of great stuff in there. Uh, there's a really, really good sequence between Kenny King and El Phantasmo. There's actually a, a couple of them. And I would, like, I would love to see them. I don't know if they ever have wrestled one-on-one, but I would watch Kenny King versus El Phantasmo like any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, so good. Um, other results other than the three count, you had uh, Tasha Steeles retains over Havoc. Um, you had, like I said, Taya uh, Snakes went out against uh, Valkyrie. Chris Sabian actually beat... Uh, oh, wait, did I say Taya beat Taya? Yep. No. Chris, Chris Sabian beat Steve Macklin, which which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but I don't know. Chris Sabian won that match. Did... Uh, uh... Did you enjoy uh, Josh Alexander and Big Tom? I did, but I feel like it's too close to Big Tom versus, uh, what was it, Tanahasho? Uh, yes. So, like, it was, like, it was close, and they and they tried to, it, it was kind of, it was a similar match, but I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's how Big Tom's matches are. Strike, strike. Yep. But there were a lot of good, a lot of good reversals, a lot of good uh, ankle lock counters, a lot of good, um, a lot of good stuff. So yes, I did enjoy that match. It went really long, actually. It went longer than I thought it was going to go. Nice. Uh, which I'm I guess fucking. I so look, this is a super exciting time, man. ELP was on the show. Big Tom. Uh, uh, did Ace Austin wrestle Kevin? Yes, Ace Austin uh, defeated. Uh, it wasn't Trey Miguel. It was oh my god, who Trey Miguel came in after? Who the freak did he beat? Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Cause I watched it. I literally just watched it. Uh, la 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 la. It wasn't oh my god? Who won that? Who would? Who... Matt, tell me who it was. I have to look it up now, Kev. Oh no, no. Um, then I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it in my head. Um, it. Oh my god. It was. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. God damn. Oh, my God. How's everybody I'm... out there in the chat room? It was tonight? Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. I'm, all right. So I was confusing Impact because Impact, Ace Austin beat somebody, and then Trey Miguel came out. And uh, so I watched back to back. I watched Impact, and then I watched uh, Under Siege, uh, kind of. Or I finished Under Siege afterwards. So, yeah. Overall, great show. Impact Wrestling, these exclusive events are always fun. They're always. You're never gonna not have good in ring action, so but go out of your way to watch the eight, the the ten man. Yeah, I've heard nothing but uh. Again, I was super busy with work, and I know people think that's an excuse for me, but uh, I really don't have any time to watch any anything. Um, all I heard was people praising this show, man. People sleep on Impact. Don't sleep on Impact, people. Stop watching wrestling you don't like. If you don't like the WWE. 
Stop hate watching the WWE. Set aside those three hours for impact on th- on Thursday night. I'll tell you what, though, there was nothing to hate about WWE on on Sunday. That's what I heard. I heard that the WrestleMania backlash was possibly the best show of the year so far. I wouldn't go that far because there was still some some stuff less to be desired on it. The almost Bobby Lashley match wasn't. Eh. It's it is what it is. Almost is a work. Omas is a work in progress, and he's gonna be a long work in progress. I feel like. But well, uh, we did picks for this uh, pay per view, and I think this, is this the first time that something like this happened. I don't uh, know if this is the first time. It's completely possible. It's very possible. We all had the same exact picks. It's time for the Shining Wizards pay-per-view picks. WrestleMania! Backlash! I guess I shouldn't have been doing that, huh? Oof. So uh, we all had the same picks. So we all went five and one. So the standings (laughs) sit like this. Tony's still at top 62 and 29. Kevin, two games behind at 60 and 31. And I am eight games behind Tony and six games behind Kevin at 54 and 37. And we all yeah. lost the same match. Um, we all had uh, RK Bro and Claymore to defeat the, uh, the the tribal chief and his crew, or whatever the fuck they call themselves. The bloodline. The bloodline. I, um, I don't know. I don't know why you guys picked RK Bro and the Claymore, but I picked it under the guise that somebody uh, in that six man gets the pinfall on the champion or on an Uso and then claims to their team, uh, I pinned whomever. So I should get a title shot. And then perhaps you could kind of branch off and have dissension between those three while the yeah. big dog company sits and laughs. But I guess uh, it wasn't in the cards. I don't I don't know what happened. I yeah. thought this was definitely the way to set up Claymore as the returning champion trying to get his title shot. And fuck me if I know why they gave the win to the bloodline. It, it really just didn't make sense. It really didn't. So we should have been we should have been celebrating all three of us with Mr. Perfect music today. And alas I don't know why they didn't fucking do that. It's weird. I think we might be setting up. I mean, you could make the case that Randy Orton now might be up there in, in uh, number one contender land uh, in there. And then I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like everyone expects the inevitable like Randy Orton like heel turn on maybe Riddle or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked if we get a Riddle heel turn on Randy Orton at some point soon. And then Riddle. Uh, takes that next step that he's been uh, longing for 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 a while. But I was just thinking about that because Randy Orton had a. I think Randy Orton didn't Randy Randy Orton hit the RKO on uh, on the big dog. So I feel like that could be a direction they can go. Claymore could be a direction they can go. Claymore and Flanagan. So uh, yeah, a lot lot of possibilities there. Especially now, I definitely feel like we're going to get a Riddle Orton feud. But I feel like it's going to be Riddle that's going to be the the one that turns on. Randy Orton, because you kind of saw it last week when they did the uh, the uh, Randy Orton twenty year, or was it last week or the week before the Randy Orton twenty year celebration? Cody comes out and Riddle's like, "Nah, man, don't hug my guy. That's he's my best friend. You can't hug him." And so they might be again. That's like the only thing of theirs I've seen 
you know, a long time. So I could just be talking out of, uh, you know, the descendicals. So, so I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like if we're going to get a turn in that team, it's going to be riddle that turns on Orton. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I heard uh, Cody and Seth Rollins fucking tore the house down. Yes, they absolutely 100% did. That match was was awesome, but that wasn't my match of the night. Ooh. Did, uh, you know, he Cody's getting a shot at the U.S. title tonight. Yes. Ooh, Against I don't, Theory. Who, I, don't even, I don't even know who the U.S. champion is. Theory. Uh, I thought it was Not Austin. Austin Theory. Theory. That's right. I thought it was Vigit just Austin. man changing names. No, it's Theory. It's not Austin. Come on. There's only one Austin, bro. Come on. And he's on impact. No, no, no. No, he's doing no. broken skull with Cody. Did anyone see that? I watched like, I watched like the first hour of it, the first 40 minutes of it. Was it any good? It was pretty good. They didn't I didn't I didn't I don't think they got into the deep dive portion of it yet. I stopped uh, watching when they started talking about stuff that I already kind of knew about. Uh, they they mentioned they mentioned AEW. That's sure, why do. wouldn't they? They did it with no. Jericho too, right? What's that? They mentioned yeah. AEW with Jericho too. Of course, but Jericho was it. Jericho was in AEW, right? When they did it, so I do. I do find that it's that it's nice that when it comes to Austin's uh, thing, they do give him that like wide open, like you can talk about whatever you want. You know well, what I'm they, saying? Like it's really know that cool. People are gonna watch. Well, of course, but it's cool that they do that for him. You know. I mean, they should really do it for everybody else, but it's nice that Austin has the vehicle where, you know, like, hey, I want to interview Chris Jericho, and everybody's cool with it, you know? Well, did I didn't watch – did you watch the Bully Ray one? Because I didn't watch No, that and I've been meaning to as well. So who knows what they talk about there, too? Oh, God. I'm sure he Impact comes up. Put himself over as the fucking best tag team wrestler to ever grace the face of the earth. He's, no one's ever gotten more heat in the wrestling industry than him. He, he is the that? smartest person in the room. He said so that? What? So he's not allowed to hype himself? I mean, wrestling's all about Oh, my God. He's a fucking blowhard. Look, he's a hand job. I get it. But you can't deny the fact that the guy could fucking elicit a a reaction from a crowd. He was was really good. He was. And I like the Bully Ray character. I think he did that well. I mean, how can you? We did. When we did our our tag tournament, like, what was? Wasn't the finals the Dudleys and LOD? No, I think it was... uh... Was it the Steiners in LOD? I don't know. But I, could, but I consider the Dudleys to be the greatest tag team of all time. Right? So if that's the case, and if it's if it's not them, then it's LOD, right? So why, if he's in the top four, in my opinion, then why can't he make the claim that he is the best tag team wrestler of all time? They are definitely in the conversation, no matter how you look at things. Like who, else, who, who else do you put in there? Like who's done it with? I mean, granted, it's been the you. All right, so saying he's the best tag team wrestler might be a little different than saying they're the best tag team because there's been tag team wrestlers that have done it with multiple, multiple partners and just excelled at tag team wrestling. I.e., Bobby Eaton. I.e., Art Anderson. Uh, I.e., Tony Gurria. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, who thinks a tag team legend and does not think of Tony Gurria? Dude, he Fair parlayed point. a fucking excellent tag team career into becoming like one of the office guys. Yeah, I I think he was on that episode of Superstars this past week, wasn't he? Uh, when we, I believe he was part of a, a back. Yes, I think so. <laughs> oh, when? Oh God, that was. Uh, I remember everything about 1992. I do not remember that. No, and it's going to be a fun conversation when we get there. Um, 
I don't know. Bully, I just like I can't I, I can't listen to Busted Open when he's on. Like I just really he's fucking obnoxious. He's so like obnoxious. I'm the I'm the smartest guy in the room. How much not, money did you make? A lot of people Stop. feel that way about him. Oh, he's such a fucking douchebag. I mean, a lot of people, but I've heard like Jim Ross say that Bully Ray is has has always been a great. Bischoff has said it. Bruce has said it. Three great minds. Okay. Oh, I'm just saying. He's not. He, he's 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 giving himself the old Barry Horowitz, but he's other people are doing it too. I'm sure they are. I just I won't listen. I don't listen to Busted Open because of him. Fair enough. Um, Kevin, you said uh, AJ at not AJ. Jesus, you said Rollins and Cody wasn't your match of the night. What was your match of the night? Charlotte Ronda Rousey. Ah, new woman SmackDown champion, right? Dude, that match was brutal in a great way. It was so much fun to watch. I've seen. They pulled out stuff that I've never seen before in wrestling, like ever. Like when they were, because it was only, it was a no DQ, submission only. Um, and then they went, they went into the crowd and like Rhonda used like the, you know, like when you walk up and down the stairs in the arena, there's like that, you know, the, the gate, like not the gate, the, the railing, like the in between it. So you could hold your hand like on the way up. And there's like a gap between the bottom and the top of the railing. And she like literally put like Charlotte in there and just like beat the crap out of it, like like choked her through the like, the railing, dude. I'm telling you that match was that was my favorite. That might be one of my favorite matches of the year. Oh, an early candidate. And, and there's a lot nice. of good stuff. Probably a lot more than I remember, but that was I watching it last night or today was was incredible. That was my favorite match. And then uh, AJ Styles and and Edge you had. The old Rhea Ripley debuting in the new uh, House of Edge. So now you have oh, uh, House of Edge. You know what it's called, Kevin. What is it? Is it, is it called the Brood? No, <laughs> Kevin. You guessed it last week. God, you think I'm uh, God uh, named it, after old WWF pay per view? Oh, that's right. Uh, Unforgiven? No. What was it? I remember it. Uh, <laughs> Be fucking real. Uh, <laughs> uh, no surrender. No. Uh, God, what did I say last week? Um, got it in the first shot too. Yeah, I did. I have no idea. Judgment Day. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? What are you gonna do? I guess I guess nothing. Nope, that's it. So uh, yeah, there we go. Edge is uh, Edge used a little help from Rhea Ripley to be in Judgment Day, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Jesus, fuck, dude. Rhea, yeah, it was kind of predictable. Rhea Ripley uh, came out, and once she saw, she came out with the mask on. You couldn't really see her face, and uh, but you kind of knew it was her, just by the what she was wearing. But uh, that didn't take away from the moment. Damian Priest came down first. Finn Balor came down. Fergal Devitt came down and got him out of there. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. So I, I thought it was a great show. The only things, the only things that like weren't like super awesome were like obviously Omos and Bobby Lashley. And I mean, I didn't hate 
Mad Cat Moss versus Baron Corbin, but I understand why people would. I just dude, the characters are just so damn stupid. By the way, it was the Wizards Cup 2020. The Legion of Doom defeated the Steiner brothers in the championship match. So there you go. So I wonder if if the Dudleys were in that final four. They were the number one seed in one of the regions. Yeah, they were definitely were the number one seed. I forget what region it was. Oh, the high voltage region. That's right. Great legacy. I think they beat yeah, they beat Edge and Christian in, in the uh finals of that region to go to the final four. But if I if I had to figure out who they faced going into the finals, I have to I have to do a little bit. Oh, it's one it's it. one of the two, obviously. Well, for sure. Yeah. Probably the, uh, I think it was the Steiners, actually. I don't know. It's just like they're all over the place. It's, it's just I wish I could find the graphic where it had everything broken down, but for some reason that's not coming up. It's all good. Yeah, you can just pull up the YouTube video, right? Well, I'm going to sit here and watch the YouTube video. I mean, oh, yeah, here we go. Dudley boys face the Road Warriors in the final four. There you go. Ooh. Yep. Dude, this was fun, man. This tournament was so much fun. I kind of want to do this again. Time. Yeah. Um, you can do it. Again. I won't be doing I, it. I still, again. Have the, I still have the, the, list, the list for the other one. <coughs> what was the other one? What, uh, uh, best Big Men? Oh, yeah. It. You were supposed to do that, right? Yep. I- uh, staying in the WWE universe, uh, it seems like Candice LeRae is now a free agent. Her contract has expired, and she is free to do as she wishes. She's free to do what she wants to do. Kevin, yo, what? Kevin was. Were you Spring Break in Tuesday night? I did not watch Spring Break. No. Oh my God, he talked it up like he was yeah. going to watch Spring Break in on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I did not watch it. You didn't want to see Joe Gacy in the main event? I know. I wanted to see it. I just didn't. Did not see that match. All right. Sorry. But, and that's the only reason why I would have wanted to watch it. I don't know what the heck happened. I just didn't. Spring break. No spring break in there. Nope. Sorry, Joe. It's okay. Uh, how's uh, What's the uh, shaking in the world of AEW, guys? You dead. You do the podcast. I haven't done the no, podcast. He doesn't do the podcast. Well, uh, I don't know. And then I fell asleep in my chair. I was. I said, oh, I'll stop. Maybe I'll jump in and just say hello because I miss you guys. And I came home and I ate dinner and then I sat down in my chair and I fell asleep. All right. So let me ask you a question. Yes. So Daniel Bryan was on this hot streak when he went to AEW, right? Like, he would come out, people would like him, then he would shit talk, and then people would hate him, and then he would wrestle, and then people would like him because he's fucking really good. He had his own thing going where he was like just a fucking standout. Why is he in a group now with Regal and Moxley and Wheeler Yuta of all people? Like, why is he like, why is he a second fiddle to anyone? Why would they take such a great character and just stick him in this group? I mean, I think it's something that he probably wants to do just because uh, of his admiration of Regal. Yeah, but his shit was so good on his own. Like, why didn't they let that run its course? Why didn't they let that be a thing for a while? Well, I mean, know? what? how much more did you did you want from him in that? I wanted it until he fucking fell off the tracks, dude. But he's, I mean, he's not off the tracks. And why does it, here's something that I think we've gotten way too used to. 
as wrestling fans is it's very it's very and I'm not throwing shit at WWE but it's there's there hasn't been any there hasn't been anyone like the WWE in a while I'm not saying AEW is WWE but we're all used to a program ending and then that's it right like we saw this version of Brian Danielson just because it's still not going doesn't mean it's over yeah, but they took it away when I feel like I feel like it was making such a big stride. Like, like I don't know. It was like it was, it was almost like cutting his nuts off. Why would you Why? Like change? Di- because you change direction on a character. Like, like when he's just fucking building momentum at that point. You don't you think don't he think was? He, you don't think you he don't... has more momentum in a group with Moxley and Steven no. Regal and you? Maybe with maybe with Regal. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't I mind. I don't feel I, it. I don't know what Moxley's history with Regal is. I don't know if they like go back as long as I mean I'm sure they do because of NXT and FCW, but like I, I could see Tony's point where like if, if it was just Regal and Daniel Bryan and Regal was hit, like Daniel Bryan's manager, I could see that. I'm totally not bought in on Wheeler Utah being a part of this group. Not a hundred. I mean, I like Wheeler Yuta a lot. I think he's yeah, the problem was too. Like Wheeler Yuta was just like the best friends guy, and then now, now all of a sudden he's supposed to well, be a threat. Like, well, no, but that was a good. Sto- that was a that was a great storytelling because he said, "Listen, I'm not here to be the best friend. I'm here to be the best wrestler." Okay, and, all and right. So, at least they gave him something. So putting him with going with Moxley and Regal and Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson. How do you not have the opportunity to become to become the best wrestler when you're learning with those guys and fighting with those guys? Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Listen, they they are so loaded with talent that like, if Daniel Bryan's not going to be on the top of the card with with Paige and and uh, I don't even who's he, is he still feuding with? Uh, no, Punk now. So now he's going to go with Punk, and so you got to find something for these guys to do. And I don't see why him being in a group with with Moxley and Nuda, uh feuding with uh, whoever is 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 not going to work. I think it'll work just fine. Uh, but Matt, going back to your question about, uh, I think the most notable thing is that we finally got a an undisputed Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Mercedes Martinez beat Diana Perazu. Oh yeah, that and is now the undisputed uh, Ring of Honor uh, Women's World Champion, which uh, I believe that actually closed the show, if I remember correctly. It did close the show, from what uh, I read. Um, but back to the, I just want to put a bow on the Brian Danielson thing too. Like, it's not like his story has not. It's flowed. Don't forget, he had Paige in a, in a sixty-minute match. Then he had the rematch. Then he started a feud with Moxley. Then they had their match at the pay-per-view uh, Revolution. Then it became this tag team, and now they put Wheeler Utah under, um, under his his wing. But excuse me, that as Kevin just said, there's a lot of you can't. Everyone can't be at the top of the card, right? Like just because you put Brian Danielson in this team doesn't affect his wrestling ability when it's his turn to go up there and be the man. Now, here's another thing. And I talked about this uh, on the, the new Japan podcast that I just recorded, right? The, the doors are opening, right? Kevin said impact. El Fantasma was there. Big, so in the last week, big Tom, big Tom Ishii wrestled uh, Jonah in rebellion, flew to Japan, wrestled Tanahashi, flew back to the States and wrestled, um, Josh Alexander, and he did Rampage the weekend of, of Rebellion. Shit's opening up, right? So Wheeler Yuta's going over to Japan now. He's going to be there till, from May 15th to June 3rd. He's part of the best of the Super Juniors. They'll get a he's lot got, out of that. 
They'll yeah, get a lot he's not, out of that. He's not doing like where he is in AEW with the, the black combat pool club, whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> he can do that, right? And I think Brian Danielson can go do the G1 and be gone for a month. Yeah. Right? Like he's not doing crazy shit right now. He's in this club. He's there. They want to bring back wrestling. They want to beat the shit out of people. They want to make wrestling great again, whatever the fuck they want to do. But he's not like they're not in like some heavy story, right? So what so he can he's in a position when they announce the G1, like Brian Danielson's going to the G1. I'm fucking calling it. This isn't like a dirt sheet thing. This is me feeling out the situation. That would be incredible. And and, and this where they where he is now, that affords him to go do that, you know, and then he can have a fucking you can see Blackpool combat at Forbidden Door wrestle uh fucking chaos or uh Suzuki Goon, whatever. Like there there there's a lot going on right now. So don't get upset, Tony. I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah, I agree. I gotta take a break. I, I, I agree. And uh to wrap up uh do a little AEW three count. Oh uh Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix. Uh incredible, uh incredible, like high flying, awesome, great match. Uh, oh, Santana versus Jericho, Matt. We had uh, giving Jericho. I mean, I mean giving a our good, uh, good close personal friend, former guest Santana, uh, battle with Jericho, and then you had oh, uh, William Morrissey showed up. So he's talking about the Forbidden Door. Oh yeah, Morrissey showed up and got beat by Wardlow. So AEW was was awesome. Jeff Hardy, which I did not see coming, advanced in the uh, in the uh, Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Yeah, and we finally. We got to see that the brackets are revealed for both. Yeah, how about how about that first round match, Jeff Hardy, Darby Allen? Let's. I don't like that. Oh you boy, like, you don't like Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen? First, I round love matchup? it. I love it. I don't love it in a first round of a tournament. It's only eight. It's an eight man tournament. I don't love it in a tournament. How about that? Let me put it that way. I'd rather it be like that. Like that has story written all over it. Well, this like, could be the start of the story. Could be. Uh, we also have Adam Cole and Dex Hardwood. Uh, and we have uh, where the fuck is the rest of the tournament? I'm sorry. Where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Why do I not have that? Hold on, let's see. What's that? What's that? What's that? Oh, here we go. Ray Phoenix will take on Kyle O'Reilly in the first round, and Samoa Joe will face the wild card. All right. Who's the wild card? I think I have a guess. I think wait, 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 wait. Time out. Hold up. Why did some people have to qualify for this thing and others didn't? Who didn't really? other than the wild card? Who didn't, who didn't qualify? I don't know. Do they have qualifiers for all these guys that are in this in this seven now? I guess unless the wild card. And why doesn't the wild card have to qualify? He does. The wild card does not have to qualify. But then why would any? Like I would go to fucking Tony Khan and be like, I want to be the wild card. What the fuck? Well, because that's not your call. That's Tony Khan's call. Oh fuck him and his call. You're. (laughs) I'd be pissed off if I was Cash Wheeler and like I had to fight. I had to fight my boy Dax Harwood. Like I would say, like fuck you. I want a spot in the tournament now too. That's bullshit. You made us fight. 
Them's the, them's the rules, Tony. Fuck that. You don't shit. make the rules. Tony Khan well, put on a, a good show, a good wild show. card. Get the fuck out. Why? Because Owen Hart was the king of hearts. We gotta have cards now too. Fuck. That. There's always been cards. The Joker in the in the the battle royal, big card guy. Ugh. Tony, Tony, Tony. No, don't give me the Tony, Tony, Tony. It doesn't. Tony, Tony, good. Tony. It doesn't feel good. No. Feels great. No. I don't feel great, but this feels great. How's your allergies doing? All right. Oh, take a breath over there. So, Tony, who do you think the wild card's gonna be? I don't know. Leroy McGurk. I think me and Matt have the exact same guess. Do we? I think so. Who? Brian Cage? No, he's he's a Ring of Honor superstar. Yeah, but we don't know what the future of Ring of Honor holds. So, like, oh, they, they did Supercard of Honor, and now they're we're just waiting. Now we sit and wait. Who's so. the wild card? Minoru Suzuki. No, I'm going with Jay White. Matt. Do you have a guess in me? mind? You're going yeah. with me? No, no, I don't want to start with you. I just want to see. No, if you have I want to know who I do have a guess in mind. Who do you have? Hold on, who wait. You got? Who you got? Well, Matt, let's count the three and then we'll say it at the same time because I think okay. it's the same person. Okay. One, two, three. Cesaro. Oh, Miro. <laughs> who did you say, Kevin? I didn't hear you. I, I said Cesaro. Cesaro is also great. It's also a great cat, uh, guess. Eric F. agrees with me. Marco Stunt's making his big return. That's a. Uh, Asian Joe is right, Tony. Has to be cards. It's double or nothing at Vegas. How come it's not a chip? How come it's not like the free chip or like they have? In the they did the chip in the la- in the battle. The ladder. They do everything they fucking want. Whatever. Oh my god! How can someone be so miserable? You don't even fucking watch AEW, do you? They made they made fucking fourteen other guys beat the shit That's out of not each the other. Question, I, people had to qualify in the fucking King of the Ring. But how come they have to qualify to get a wild card? Who the fuck is the wild card? That's the if, if you know that it's not a wild card, then why does this guy get special treatment if nobody knows who the fuck he is? Because that's the rules. Because it builds interest, Tony. You want to see who the Joker is? Wow. AEW has a track record of Had it. of Had it with this guy, pretty man. decent surprises. Very good surprises. Nice All right, story. go watch the fucking NWA with your dumb fucking tag team turmoil bullshit. Tag you don't even watch AEW. What are you talking about, tag team the turmoil? Fucking stupid team series. Yeah, why the don't you watch AEW, Cup? Tony? Why is it? No, the team series, the stupid team series they did. For they sure. put all the people together, together didn't together. like That's each cool. other. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you watched AEW? Uh, a while ago. Yeah. Oh so my. what the fuck is your problem, man? Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> What the fuck, T Donk? <laughs> Kevin left. Kevin's mad. He's fucking leaving. I think Kevin's got to pull his drawers up. Did you notice his belt is under his butt cheeks? <laughs> you're just being a fucking. You're starting trouble to start trouble again. And I'm fucking. I'm seeing Fuck you on Facebook. You're starting to post in fucking wrestling fucking chats. Stop it. Who, when did I post in a wrestling chat? What are you talking about? I see you, you fucking troublemaker, you shit What are you fucking trolling me now? Are you serious? No, but I, we're friends, so if I'm scrolling by, it's it just shows your comment. Oh, what? You didn't fucking agree that, that a foregone conclusion wasn't Mercedes Martinez beating Deanna Perazu? Come on, bro. Why? You didn't think that was going to happen? You thought Deanna Perazu had a chance to win that match. Deanna Perazu was the, fucking had the Impact Championship forever. She's and not she, in Ring of Honor anymore. And Fuck. she beat and she beat um, Mercedes Martinez in Impact. 
Well, good. Now Mercedes Martinez got so the belt. So, so it was a fucking yeah. no-brainer. If we had to pick that match, you would have picked Mercedes Martinez. Yes! Why? Who's in the lead of this fucking thing again for the third oh. year in a row? Did you decide our fucking punishment, asshole? Yes, I did. I and I'll tell you later in the show. So what am I oh, boy. What, what Look, Asian Joe says, I bet Magenta would be Team Wildcard. Nah, Magenta. Magenta's a traditionalist in wrestling. Magenta don't fall for that palaver bullshit. Oh, Magenta nonsense. doesn't do wild cards. He doesn't do surprises. Magenta likes the Black Scorpion. Oh, Magenta. Magenta likes a classic one-on-one match. Magenta wears a fucking mask. He's a coward. How do you like them apples? Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he's admitted as much. He was. He was like demoralized by his wrestling trainers. So now he's afraid of everything. So brutal. Tony. Look at this. Look at this. The worst. I got support. JJ Rogue, hold your ground, Tony. You aren't wrong. Fuck Thank that guy you. too. Really? Yeah, he's fucking posting all over the world. He's like, can you beat that champion? I might just fucking I might just bump some he fucking picks some fucking scrub to defend a title against. Wait, 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 it's wait. a work. It's a work, Matt. He's working us. It's a it's it's some Barry Hardy, it's some Dwayne Gill that he found, and he's gonna I was gonna say he this has to go through the championship committee. I mean, he just can't pick and choose who he wants he to defend. The champion. I can't even get you to respond to a text message. You want me to start a fucking wait, 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 wait. Time committee? out. Hold up. What text message did I not respond to? All of them. Who got their yeah, picks in first this week, yesterday. by the way? It's fucking dead to the world with your fucking COVID. What are you oh really? Oh, Tony didn't get back to me. I'm sure it's he's tomorrow not feeling down bad. the aisle. Check your fucking email. I don't have time for that shit, bro. You don't have time to check your email. You had COVID. You weren't doing anything. Jerking off and fucking smelling your meaty shits. Ass names. Play with my fucking sick balls. The listen, listen, Mr. Rogue is not wrong. He took the title off a transitional champ. He's going to shine as long as he wants. Yeah, fuck you. Ah! Yeah. How about I'm that? coming for you, Rogue. I'm coming for you. I'll let you mow down rogue. a couple jobbers. <laughs> Get out of here, rogue. What was that stupid name? Anyway? I think I think the championship committee has made a decision as to uh, who the first opponent might be, but I have to get in touch with uh, who is the championship committee. I am. It's my game. All right, that is kind of fair. Okay, well, how come I'm booking the fucking guest for the fucking game then? Wait, who said you were booking the guest? Did you really I book a guest? Fucking JJ Rogue. I because can't. You're, you pick fucking because the, Tombstone no, no, no. Jesus. Time out. Francis Hold up. Right. You asked if you could book the next guest. You had an idea, and the championship committee agreed. So that's why. Nah, Tony, this is hard to argue. What's hard to argue? Your point. Your stance. Matt's right. What do you mean he's right? I he brought he brought hey Kevin, Kevin to the table, Kevin, and I said remember? I agreed with it. Do you remember the liner that we played last week? Lash LaRue sitting in the email. Took me 30 seconds to upload. Did we have to listen to another fucking ooh-la-la intro? No! Tony's got a weird sense of humor. And what he likes is is very silly. Well, I got news for you, T-Donk. I booked this guy's next fucking competitor, buddy. Because this whole championship committee thing, it's news to me. Oh, you're full of shit, dude. (laughs) This was my idea. I'm not saying it wasn't your idea, but you just, at this moment, at 7.49 p.m., two minutes ago, you decided you're the championship committee. This was always the thing. You've never right. said it. was always between me, Kevin, and you. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. Those are the only fucking people played until we got Kevin Rogue involved. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm sure Kate the Great is somewhere with her version of the Can You Beat That Championship. Oh, no. She's fucking dicking around on Fightful. She's too big for us now. Wow. What if we brought in SRS? What if we brought him in to challenge for the title? He don't know shit from Shinola. How do you like them apples? Wow. The, the Shinola people are going to be hurt by that comment. You know what is, what exactly a, is Shinola? Christian Rocco would be a good challenger. Dave LaGreca. Fair yeah. enough. Present you never reached out to him. Present these in writing to the committee, and we'll take them under advisement. Present these in writing. Ooh. I'm going to present something to you. It's going to be a cave shop, buddy. <laughs> you spell was... my name with two T's, you fucking handjob, J.J. Rogue. <laughs> not doormat. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. Doormat. I like that. <laughs> God damn it. More this like I adore Matt. Brother. Whew. Fired well, up. The women's uh, bracket in AEW is all set, too. Do you, we Oh, is there a Jokerette for this one? Jokerette? Who said anything about a Jokerette? There's not even a Joker, let alone a Jokerette. It's a there wild card, Joker. Tony. And we'll get wild back Cardette. to the championship committee bullshit. Jim Cardet. Now we got to have a fucking side conversation about this championship committee. Yeah, aren't we all the championship committee? No. How could you be challengers and challenging for the title? I mean, if, I, it's if, all if, new to me. Yeah. It's like fucking. I didn't know there was a committee. Hurt. So wait, instead of J, is JJ Dillon, JJ Rogue, JJ Dillon on on this committee, this championship committee? No. Yeah, who's who? Are you the? You can't be a championship committee. You can just be the championship. You could be the uh, the commissioner if you will. Yeah, the championship, championship person. Commissioner. Yeah, the the chair. Committee implies that there's more than one person. Yeah, there are. Who else is on this committee? You have to give me the information. I will pass. It I want to know who's making this decision. Oh, the committee is like Nielsen. They, if we let everybody know who's on the committee, they would be inundated with with constant badgering and requests to get a shot at this most prestigious championship. What, 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 that's, that's their job. Everything has to go through me. I just want to make sure the fucking committee is not you, Magenta, and Overweight Larry, because I got the inside skinny on those two. <laughs> A more, a more salient point has never been made. What? Wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying he is, but hypothetically, if Overweight Larry was on this committee, what would be wrong with that? Everything. Yeah. He Why? He's an intelligent guy. That's no. like having Stickman and Wolfman. They're the same fucking person. Oh, come on now. That's not true See, at that, all. That's probably fucking dead. Who cares? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus I happen to know neither one of those fellas are dead. Yeah. Who? Dude, thanks, Will. How dare you besmirch Overweight Larry? Overweight Larry brought us gold over the years. There's No, he didn't. He brought us nothing. No, it wasn't great. <laughs> In hindsight, it know. really Guess wasn't what? great. JJ Rogue's next opponent is set, so sit on it, Potsy. So wait, we got we got two outsiders fighting for our championship? Sure, why not bring, bring a couple new eyes onto it? Fair enough. I don't like how Matt just takes over the thing. Listen, Tony, you're clearly not doing a good enough job. Yeah, what do we want to have? Fucking JJ Rogue defend against Miko Maestro so we can talk about fucking anchovies on his pizza, tuna fish. Uh, I think, oh, Tony, ask me all the questions about the N64, WCW versus NWO Revenge. I know the answer. <laughs> hey, Tony, hey, Tony, why we talk about, about SummerSlam 1992 when we could talk about. Oh, my God. I would anchovies. love it. I would love to have Tombstone Jesus and Miko in a, in a Tony, Tony, maybe you do that. a, a Ludwig Borger portion for me. Portion, uh, portion, portion. Oh, boy. 
That was actually a pretty good Miko, Matt. It was. Want, unfortunately, I've talked to him a thousand fucking times in less than two years, so. <sighs> they booked a goddamn wrestling show in my front yard. He didn't even ask me. Oh, well, like you booked a championship fucking match under my nose. Without I book everything you. else. When did you become the booker? I am a representative of the championship committee for the Shining Wizards championship. Can you beat that championship? Well, it's the, uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. There's yeah. no committee. I want to know who else is in said committee. You'll yeah. figure it out. We'll do you want to know who's in the women's version of the Owen Hart tournament? Before only, if you t- only if you tell me who the Joker is. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you're not doing your job then if you don't know. I don't want to know, Tony. I don't like to spoil the surprises. All right, all right. Tell me who's tell me who's in. in it's in fun to speculate. All right, so tell me who's in the thing. Come on. Who's in the Tony team? Storm takes on Jamie Hayter. Ugh. She Ruby still has one eye, by Jamie. the way. What? She still has one eye. Who? Who? Jamie Hayter. Oh my god. What? It's not Jamie Hayter, bro. <laughs> Julia She's... Hart. We're doing this again? <laughs> you did it! You did it to yourself. Jamie Hayter's never had one eye. I well, thought she, she has. I she thought has. she had one eye. No, Julia all Hart has an eye patch. Wait, I did that again, didn't I? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Brian Solomon's joining us very shortly. This oh, my funny. God. He's going to fucking pop in and pop right back out. Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker takes on the Joker. Wait, that's only three matches, no? No. Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter. Yeah. Ruby Soho versus Rio. Oh. Rio! Red Velvet versus... Thank God Brian Solomon's here. Dear God. <laughs> Dear fucking God. Brian Solomon, please save us. Save us from this chaos. I love this chaos. I, I don't can know. Can you what guys you're hear me? About. I don't hear anything. We could hear, hear us. Brian, can you hear us? Brian, do you have Brian, us? Can you hear us? Tommy, can you hear me? That's a really big room Brian's in. Uh, it's just a camera angle. I mean, I could say that about myself too, but my shiny forehead. Oh, here we go with the shiny forehead. I'm gonna take I'm gonna put Brian over here for a second. No, leave him in. He looks like a child lost in the supermarket. I don't want this. He can't hear us. Brian, did you get us yet? There we go. There we go. Got us? I hear you now, yes. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. (laughs) Sorry about that. Brian, save us. We have have quickly gone off the rails. Tony (laughs) created a fake committee for a game that we're playing. It's very, very... It's... He doesn't know the difference between Jamie Hayter and Julia Hart. Kevin has allergies. It's literally falling apart at the seams. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm here then, because I'm the guy that wrote the book about the craziest person in the history of wrestling. So that's my that's my role. And we're very excited to have you. Now, I don't have a Kindle. So I, uh, ironically enough, the book will be here tomorrow. Well, of course. But well, it, I ordered it last week and it was on, it was delayed and it was like, do you have a Kindle? And I'm like, come on, look at me. Do I look like I have a Kindle? <laughs> Where'd you get it? Amazon? Yes. They, they actually have physical copies now from Amazon. I no, got it. Not, not as of, not as of yesterday. No, they do. You can get the Kindle edition. Yes. Oh, but... I got an email yesterday that said it'll be here tomorrow. 
okay, well, yeah, well, then... because the, right, they Go have ahead. that message up that says out of stock, and you can put an order in, and then they'll let you know when they get it. It's 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 been that way since the on sale date, which which at first I was like, ah, oh, that's really cool. Wow, it's selling fast, and now I'm like, why is it still like that? It's been you know a month now. <laughs> it's a little. I don't know what's going on with the supply chain, but there you go. So, so out of all the the professional wrestlers, and you've worked at WWE, you've written for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and uh, um, Inside the Ropes, what drew you to the original Sheik? Well, you know, I a lot of it came from those magazines. I had been I'd learned a lot about wrestling history originally from wrestling magazines, and, and that kind of started me on the path. And so I would be reading about this guy and 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 getting an understanding of how important he was and how big of a deal he was and what a major heel he was for so long and then i started so when years later i was thinking about you know who to write a biography of i, I realized that no one had ever written a book about him and i can't think of anybody at his level especially from his time period that's never had a book done so i felt like i had to fix that you know and, and i took on the the project because i'd written a couple of wrestling books before but they weren't uh, biographies, you know, they weren't like personality driven books. So I was really looking for a real hook to hang that biography on. And he was the one, you know, that no one had ever done it before. So I had to do it. Now, uh, I, I want to say I read it in Pro Wrestling Illustrated or Inside the Ropes because I have both magazines on my desk. You wrote this book and the family did not. They were not very helpful. Is, is that correct? Nope. Yeah, they they uh, didn't want to be a part of it, which I understand that's their prerogative. Um, the thing is, I think they had wanted to do their own book, uh, but they never did. You know, that that's the thing. So they never did. They were talking about it even while the Sheik was alive. Uh, it never happened. Then his widow was trying to said she was going to do it. Never happened. She passed away. And then the sons and they passed away. And I was dealing with his sons while I was writing the book. They were still around at the time. And, you know, I was trying to get them involved in some way. But I think that's really what it came down to in the end is that if there was going to be a book, they wanted it to be their book. And so I couldn't let them turn my book into their book. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. the whole thing. Like, like, this is my book. It's not your book. Like, I'd like to interview you and maybe get pictures and insights and things. But you know, I'm the one that's writing the book. And so I, that was sort of the sticking point, I think, because, um, you know, they, they wanted to be paid and all that kind of thing. And it, it just doesn't really work that way unless it's your book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So um, it was uh, it was sort of a dead end. But it, there was not any kind of animosity, at least not with his sons. They were Eddie Jr. was friendly and we had long conversations by phone and text. But we just couldn't come to any kind of an agreement, you know, and then unfortunately they both passed away. Um, Tommy, the younger son, he, he had cancer. And then Eddie Jr., who was battling cancer, he wound up getting COVID and he passed away too d during the process of my writing the book. That's terrible. I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Um, with the, without the cooperation of the family, is does that present Hurdle, hurdles for you in, in terms of, of where you're getting your sources and, and how you uh, get to pen the book and how quickly you get to write the book? Well, there, there's pluses and negatives to not having family involvement. Like, like, for example, I remember the first time that Eddie Jr. reached out to me. I had emailed him and I didn't hear anything for weeks and weeks. And he called me out of the blue. 
And, you know, his first response was sort of incredulous because he was like, um, how are you even writing this book if we're not talking to you? Because I think he couldn't understand that there was any other way that I could do this, you know? And I said, well, okay, I'm interviewing people he worked with and people he knew, and I'm looking up his records and I'm on ancestry.com. I'm on newspapers.com. I'm getting his military records. You know, this is how you write a biography. I would love to talk to his children, but I don't have to, there's other ways to do it, you know? So, so the plus, the, the the positive, obviously, is you have you have insights that you'd get no other way, like growing up with him and that kind of thing. And you'd get, you know, I wanted to have a baby picture in the book. That would have been the greatest thing to ever have. Couldn't make it happen, you know. But uh, but on the positive, honestly, side or the negative side of it is with the involvement of the family, then would come kind of a battle for creative control. And I didn't have to deal with that. You know, I could write it my way. Um, the book is not a, a slander job. I'm not out to drag anybody's name through the mud. None of that. But I want to tell an honest story. And I'm not just going to kind of gloss over things. And, you know, no human is perfect. And I want to go over the imperfections, too. And I was able to do that because I did it independently. So. And we are uh, we're talking with Brian Solomon, Brian R. Solomon on social media. Be sure to follow him uh, and and check out what he's doing. He's got this amazing book, The Blood, uh, Blood and Fire, the first biography of the Sheik. He also has a wrestling podcast, Shut Up and Wrestle, uh, which right. is available everywhere you get your wrestling podcast. So please uh, check that out. Now, you had uh, RVD was involved with the book, right? Yeah. RVD wrote the forward to the book because the Sheik's two main pupils were Sabu, his nephew, and RVD. And, you know, Sabu is also another one was not involved with the book, although in his case, just like with Eddie Jr. and the family, I was able to use interviews that they gave to other people, you know, that are out there in the world. And like Sabu has a great biography out called um, Scars, Silence, and Superglue, which gives a lot of uh, detailed background on what it was like you know, hanging around with his uncle. But when it came time to for someone to write the forward of the book, I approached Rob because I knew he had that background. He knew the Sheik. He knew me from WWE. We had a prior relationship. So it wasn't someone I had to just call out of the blue and they'd be like, who, who the heck is this guy? You know, like I had a connection and he was absolutely gracious and happy to do it. And he wrote every word. That's something I want to point out, too, because a lot of times with these forwards, not just wrestling books, but all books, when you have a celebrity writing the forward, I mean, I hate to burst anybody's bubble here, but a lot of times they didn't actually write it. Sorry to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or maybe they wrote it and it just got really changed around. In some cases, they just put their name on it, you know. But Rob really wrote it. I mean, the only thing I did was fix typos. I mean, I did. It's Rob's words. So... You know, I was totally honored that he agreed to do that. And he wound up being, you know, one of the guests on my podcast. And I, I timed the interview for the week that the book came out because of that connection. So I know I, I know. I'm sorry, Kim. Go ahead. So the title of the book, obviously, Blood, Fire and the Unbelievable Real Life Story of Wrestling's Original Chic, uh, including the forward by Rob Van Dam. How important or how, how do you decide what makes the best title? of a book and how important was it that you included the original chic portion of that into the title of the book? 
Well, well, I'll be honest. As far as the blood and fire thing goes, I mean, it just popped into my head just just as something that would grab attention. I mean, two very primal things that are both associated with this person blood because he bled in every match and fire because he was known for throwing fire. And so I just thought, you know, that would be that would be the kind of a title that would interest maybe anybody to pick it up and have a look and see what it's about. And as far as the subtitle, you know, I like these books that uh, it's a common thing for books to have these very long subtitles nowadays, you know, because they help to grab attention and explain what the book's about. And I wanted to get that word on their original chic because, look, the, the fact of the matter is, and I mention it in the book, unfortunately, these days, if you say the word chic yep. in a wrestling context to 90% of people under the age of 50, let's say, the only person they're going to think of is the Iron Sheik. Not even the first person, the only person. Yeah. So uh, I knew I was fighting that battle now because, but of course, if you know the history and if you know their careers, then you know that the Sheik, Ed Farhat, the original Sheik, was a much bigger deal than the Iron Sheik, a much bigger star than the Iron Sheik in his day. He just, you know, he he didn't have the the Vince McMahon marketing machine behind him, so he never got to be in Saturday morning cartoons and on ice cream bars and lunch boxes and things. But you know, this is nothing against the Iron Sheik, who who I'm all I've also worked with and dealt with. Um, great guy, unique, interesting guy. But um, <laughs> he was not, you know a main event heel all over the country, all over the world for years and years on end, a number one attraction in the business. He simply was not that, you know, he was a supporting player in the WWF era of, of Hulkamania, you know, very different types of characters. So I wanted to clarify that and also get people thinking like, maybe if you never heard of him, let's say, and you're going, what does this mean? Original chic. So there was, a sheik before this. So who is this guy? I want to know what his story is, you know? And that was the thinking. Um, I've, I've, I, I bought the book. I started reading it. I gotten to about the point where the sheik is ready to return to Detroit. I think it's right after his second child is born. And I was on the mindset where if I'm talking to Brian, I got to know some really strong points, but that's the problem with the book. Not that it's a problem, I didn't want to jump ahead because everything has just got me engrossed. And I'm like, as I'm reading on and on, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to finish cover to cover. It's not something I'm going to want to jump around. That being said, from a creative standpoint, the opening story of the book is the chic wrestling, Tony Marino. Yeah. Where did you come up with the idea to put the Batman in as the opening story to get people into the book? Because as I'm reading it, I'm like, wait a minute, Batman, I know who that is. And then as I'm reading, it's like, it's Tony Marino. And the way you you the way you paint the picture where he's scared and he's hiding because he knows what's coming. Amazing opening story to this thing. What goes into that? And how did you come up with the Tony Marino story for this? I'm really glad that you brought that up because I have not hardly gotten to talk about that part of the book because I wanted to that opening introduction, what you're talking about. So just for, so people know, it's kind of it kind of is a scene. It's a moment in time. It takes place in Kobo Arena. It's a particular match that really did happen in 1973 between the Sheik and Tony Marino in Kobo Arena. And 
what I do is I fictionalize it. I, I, I write it like it's a short story. I write it like I was there, which I was not. So, so a lot of, I wasn't born yet. And so a lot of things, you know, you have to take a little creative license. Like, I don't really know what the ring announcer was wearing. You know, I don't really know the details of what it looked like when he was coming to the ring and all this. So I had to create, I, I, like I said, I tried to write it like a short story to grab people's attention and create this, this world that the book is going to take place in. And it's this completely chaotic scene of what a, a typical chic match from that era was like. And um, then I pull back and I go, oh, by the way, this guy was the boss. <laughs> and this guy is not even Muslim. And this guy is Catholic. And he fought in World War II. And he has a kid going to Michigan State University or University of Michigan. You know, and, and none of these fans know this. And the wrestler that he's tearing to pieces works for him you know and, and and that set the stage for what was to come i wanted to start it that way to be this immediate hook instead of just you know i'm going to start at the beginning kind of a thing and also the interesting thing about that introduction which is like a little short story i use that as the pitch to sell the book so when i sent the pitch to ecw press telling them that i would like to write this book the sample i sent them was just that alone and they they agreed on the book just based on reading that. So I guess they liked it too. Going back to the, the conversation about uh, the Iron Cheek and being the only recognizable person by that that you know last name, when did did it ever come up in your in your research that that started becoming a thing? Where like now all of a sudden we're calling the Sheik the original Sheik, as opposed to uh, just the Sheik. Did that ever was there a timeline for you for that? Well, he started doing that himself. So okay. just so people know, like when I use that on the cover, the, the real life story of wrestling's original Sheik, that's not just me saying that because, I mean, technically he's not even the original Sheik. There were actually Sheiks in wrestling before him, but he called himself that and he started doing that when the Iron Sheik got hot. So he made the decision to start marketing himself that way and the promoters did so you'd, you'd say like, okay, so probably around 84 or so, you know, that moment in time when the Sheik went, he wins the WWF title, he loses it to Hulk Hogan. You know, he's tag team with Nikolai Volkov. He's this huge, he's on WrestleMania in the cartoons. So around that time period was when the Sheik at Farhat started feeling like, and rightfully so, that he was being totally overshadowed by this other Sheik. And to the point where even hit like his... I would hear stories from people saying that when he would mention who he was to people, even they would say, oh, you're the Iron Sheik and things like that. And he just got sick of hearing that. So he had to start saying, no, I'm the original Sheik. So so he did that. And it was directly in response to Iron Sheik. And, and excuse me, I'm sorry. And putting the book together, Brian, is there a specific era of the Sheik? that that you were particularly interested in well you know i i i really i gravitated towards the years where he really was at the top of the business i mean that's like the heyday because i think especially even for younger people 
who do remember him. You know, if even if you're like a middle-aged person and you remember him, you remember him in the later parts of his career when he was an old man and he was kind of stumbling around and relying on um, the blood and the fire as everything. You know, I wanted to really recreate the heyday of what it was like when he was the not one of but the top draw in the business like there was a a period of time like a four or five year period in the late 60s early 70s or even the very early 70s where he was the hottest attraction even ahead of bruno san martino in terms of box office in the business by the numbers um and and even in the years when he wasn't let's say if it was bruno or it was um whoever the chic was the highest uh drawing heel you know, so I wanted to recreate that era and show people what it was like before he would he became kind of the shell of himself later on. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the three of us are all in the same age group where we my first exposure to the Sheik uh, was tape trading and he was doing FMW stuff at that time, yeah. which is, to your point, far beyond uh, what he built his career on. So you know, over time you figure it out and you go back and you kind of do your research if you're really a wrestling historian. But my first introduction was FMW tapes and it's, he was still a wild and crazy man, but you didn't get the, the severity of how important he was to the wrestling industry in 1992. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was kind of coasting on his reputation and that's what was making him his money and getting him his bookings. And he had Sabu there with him to carry the load. And I mean, you know, Sabu was really the workhorse and doing everything. And the Sheik was kind of just, you know, waving his sword at people and yelling and bleeding and things like that. But <laughs> some of that is hard to watch because you could just tell what a hard time he's having even moving around, you know. Like there's the, the match that he had, the one ECW match that he had where it's him and uh, Pat Tanaka against Kevin Sullivan and, and the Taz Maniac at the time. And if you watch that match in the ECW arena, he can't even get in the ring. So he doesn't even get in the ring. They cover it up. You know, it looks great. They cover it up by having him brawl around the building with Kevin Sullivan. But the reason they did that is the ECW ring had no steps. <laughs> and he didn't know that. And he could not climb into the ring. And so he just, you know, brawled around the building. But but like, so watching some of that is a little rough, like the Japanese stuff where, you know, he's just kind of bleeding and screaming. And, and it's great from like this weird oddity, curiosity point of view. But that's it. Like his last, last match ever, which was with Damien 666 in FMW in Japan. He, he, he wins the match because, of course, he always won. And he pins he pins Damien, and he can't even cover him. He he goes down to one knee, and he puts his knee on top of Damien while holding the ropes with his hand. And the referee doesn't even bother with the fact that he's got his hands on the ropes because he knows it's the only way that he could pin this guy because he can't even get down on all fours. Like, that's how bad it was. Based on your research and the stuff that you've done and, and you've written in the book, is there a reason why he stayed around so long like to, like to this point? He was like, broke. <laughs> oh, okay. Easy answer for sure. hundred percent. So that, that was, he was, yes. he was, he was broke for all that time. Like all that time. Like, well, he, uh, so there's a chapter in the book called 
Wanderer in the Wilderness, which is all about the 1980s, which was like his lost period. So it's like before FMW, but after big time wrestling, where he's just floating around trying to get bookings. He gets blacklisted by the NWA because he's doing outlaw shows. He, you know, no one wants to work with him anymore because look, he has addictions he there's an ugly situation with his wife where he has a girlfriend and the other promoters just find it uncomfortable like they liked his wife it's a lot of awkwardness he's trying to get the girlfriend booked on shows and just as weird things like that so his his money just starts to dry up he's gambling he's you know there's drugs and he he just will take whatever he could get so so like his company went bankrupt. Big time wrestling went out of business in 1980. And at that point, he's just kind of getting bookings to keep himself going. That's, that's how he's trying to survive. And I think he's getting some help from his family. He slowly starts to build his fortune back, but because he keeps making these terrible decisions, it's like the money is flying out even faster than he can bring it in. So when Onita comes to him, in 19, I guess it was 91 or 92. The offer that he made was $10,000 a match. Who in the world is going to say no to that? I don't yeah. care if you're in an iron lung. Like, I wouldn't say no to that. I've never <laughs> even been in a ring before, you know? And so they said, and not only that, but $10,000 to just walk down to the ring for three minutes, stab somebody with a pencil, scream and yell, and then run to the back. You know, and then they and they give it to you before you walk out to the ring in cash. Oof. Now, no one's going to say no to that. So I was able to calculate even based on the matches and things that he made millions between 1991 and 95. The man made millions in Japan. So what how could he say no, even though he was in his 60s? There was no way to turn that down. I mean, I, I, I can't blame him for doing that. I know, I know throughout his uh, entire career, like just, just going through some of the names in the book. I mean, he's worked with like Lou Fez and Nick Bockwinkle and the Funks and the Briscoes and, and Sam Martino. Like he, he's worked like all the big names through a huge like swatch of wrestling history. Uh, but the name, the name that, that intrigued me the most. And I know the, the man that he probably has a more significant history with was uh Bobo Brazil. And I know like early on in the book, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, there were there were some things that he saw and while he was in the service that he wasn't crazy about. Uh, but just talk to us a little bit about his relationship with uh, Bobo Brazil and like what that really meant to him to try to open doors for people of color in wrestling. Yeah. So this was something that he was very conscious of. And that's something I didn't know going into the book, that he was very much um, conscious of race relations and of the the problems that black people in America had to deal with. Like you said, he saw it in the army because at the time in World War II, the army was still segregated and they would give the black soldiers the worst assignments on top of it. Like they'd have them on cleanup duty or sometimes they'd put them like on the front line, you know, just like awful, awful stuff like they, You know, the, the way they were treated. And, and And look, this is a guy who came from Detroit. He came from a city that was racially mixed. He came from a neighborhood that was not only that, but look, here's the thing that I get into in the book too. I mean, by the standards of today, especially the, he wouldn't even really be considered white. I mean, he wasn't Caucasian. He's middle Eastern in the forties and fifties. 
you know, there wasn't that kind of nuanced understanding of race in America. And he just kind of got lumped in with white people, especially like when you when you signed up for the army, you know, it's white, black. So, so he was so he was white. But but he had that understanding of I'm not actually you know, I'm not European. I don't have the same background as these people. And so later on, as a promoter, he's surrounded by these white guys and they look at him weird. They look at him funny. He's the only promoter in America. There's one other major promoter in America, Pedro Martinez in Buffalo, who's not white. And at that time, they were kind of. I found instances of promoters being very dismissive of him and embarrassed of him and finding him low class and these kind of things. And like there's a letter in the book about where Sam Muchnick is writing to Johnny Doyle and saying that he's embarrassed to tell his wife that the Sheik is the promoter in Detroit now, you know? So, so he had to deal with that kind of stuff. Bobo Brazil was his best friend in the business, which is so crazy to think because they're like the ultimate mortal enemies, right? For decades in wrestling, they're like Batman and the Joker, you know, just eternal struggle of these two guys. And they loved each other. You know, um, when Bobo Brazil was going through a divorce, he stayed at the Sheik's house because he had nowhere else to go. You know, his wife kicked him out or whatever. And they were that close. And the, and the Sheik knew because, you know, I mean, part of it is it's a business, too. And you can't ever forget that. You know, wrestling is known for that, for finding ways to make money from things like that. And so you have the Sheik who is in a, a, a city where he's promoting that has one of the largest African-American populations in the country. So the number one baby face is black. I mean, that's very smart. That was also a very smart thing to do. And he knew to keep him on top there. And but he but he also knew to give the fans a hero that they could cheer for and get behind, and that would unite the fans too. So that race didn't even matter. You know, I because I interviewed fans too. That was another thing I did. And the people everyone I talked to, white and black, they all said the same thing that even with the city burning down and these crazy race riots happening that at the wrestling shows in Kobo, nobody talked about race. There were never any like, you know, racial slurs or none of that stuff. Everybody was just together. And part of that was that no matter what race you were, everyone hated the Sheik. So, so (laughs) this is true. They all were united in hatred of this one man. And he knew that, though. He knew that, and he did it all on purpose. And Joyce Farhat said this in um, the induction speech at the WWE Hall of Fame. I was there when the Sheik went into the WWE Hall of Fame. His his widow, Joyce, gave the speech. And she said something like that, of like how proud it made him that he was like this lightning rod that everybody could get their frustrations out and their hatred and all this stuff just dumping on him so that they didn't dump it on each other. Like he was actually aware of that. And he liked that. He was filling that role. Did, um, did anyone come forward and tell you that he had a hard time dealing at any point with, with the hatred that he was developing? Like, were there, were there ever any points in time where he was like, man, what am I doing? Like, did he ever rethink it? Like, cause I know, I know in the book, like, uh, especially his older kids, uh, you know, said he had a tough time, going to school because his dad was the sheik, you know, and, and, and mom was involved in the business too. Like, was there ever any moment where he kind of maybe regretted putting in his family, putting his family in that way, or it was just par for the course for him. I think that 
the kids had mixed feelings, I would say, because it's hard growing up that way. But I don't think he did. I really don't. Uh, I think that the more hatred, the more animosity there was, I think the more he felt like he was doing his job and the more he felt like that's going to translate to money, that's going to translate to tickets. I want people to feel that way. The only problem, and I still don't think it was enough for him to go, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. The only problem was that sometimes you're putting yourself in physical harm, especially in those days. Yeah. Like those fans, they were not like, you know what I mean? They weren't like fans from today going, oh, that that Roman Reigns, boy, he's really good at getting under your skin. That guy's really good at what he does, man. I really, oh, man, I hope he loses. No, no, no. They were like, I want to kill. I don't know what the yep. language. I don't know what the language things on. You can say whatever you want, brother. I want to fucking kill this son of a bitch, right? That's what they're thinking. They they're not they're not thinking uh, this is entertainment, right? They're like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy, and and that's why there are instances in the book where people tried to kill him, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah. I but that happened to Freddie Blassie. It happened to Roddy Piper. It happened to Blackjack Mulligan, Buddy Rogers. But you see, though, Freddie, those guys. That was part of the job to them. They weren't happy about it, but they knew that that was what came with it. And you just had to deal with it. You just had to deal with it. You know, like there's a story in the book of a guy that walked up to the sheik with a gun, an old man pointed it right at him, pulled the trigger. Nothing happened. Nothing came out. And the cops grabbed this guy. They take him to the station the sheik has to go down to the station, I think, or maybe not. But the guys at the station, they take the guy's gun from him. They point it at a target. They pull the trigger and it goes off. So so that's like, you know what I mean? I mean, he would have been dead in that moment. And there were other moments like that, too. There's so many. I mean, like, I think it was Blassie or, or maybe Roddy Piper. They all have a story like this where, like, you know, you're coming back from the ring you get into the locker room and you're like, oh, I think I, I think I pull a muscle in my back ah, and you reach back there and there's a freaking knife sticking out of your back. I mean, that would happen to these guys, but again, it's like they knew what they were getting into. And I, and, and maybe there were sometimes where guys said, I don't want to be a heel. I, I, I don't ever want to be there, but those guys, Sheik, Blassie, Flair, Piper, like that is what they wanted. No question in my mind. That's what they wanted. Did, do you know off the top of your head or in your research and everything like that, did the Sheik ever portray any other character other than the Sheik? So I did discover, because I think a lot of people, in fact, everyone I talked to, even people that knew him well, they seemed to believe that he just debuted immediately as the Sheik or the Sheik of Araby. That was his full name originally. And the, the common thinking was, yes, 1949, because that was the earliest record of a Sheik match. 1949, he debuts. He's the Sheik of Araby. Boom, right out of the box. And I discovered that was not true. And um, he actually started wrestling two years before that. And he was using his real name. In fact, there's a picture in the book from the newspapers in Lansing of, of him. And he was just a kid out of the army, Eddie Farhat, no gimmick, nothing, clean shaven, you know, clean cut, good looking baby face kid. Yep. And um, he just wiped that person from existence like he never existed so successfully that no one even knew, you know, until I dug it up yeah, for this I, book. I know it. <laughs> yep. Well, since you since you brought it up, I got I got to ask you, it's a silly question. 
uh, how how deliciously ironic is it that a McMahon told him to shorten his name from the Sheik of Araby to just the Sheik? Yeah, that's where you start to see, like, you know, look, especially people forget because we, you know, obviously Vince Jr.'s impact on the business is evident still. Yes. But v Vince Sr. had a lot of uh, creative input on a lot of famous wrestlers. Like, if you, you know, for people that know, he named Hulk Hogan. He named Bruiser Brody. He named, um, I think he named Fabulous Moolah, but I may be wrong on that one. But he gave uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Like, he, he was responsible. Like, he had an instinct for a lot of this. And, he and yeah, he was the first one to say, you know what? Why don't you just say the Sheik? You know, Sheik of Araby thing. That's a song from, like, 40 years ago. Nobody remembers that. Just call yourself the Sheik. And he was right. And also, um, he was the one that suggested to Joyce that she be the slave girl, that she be Salim, Princess Salima, like his slave girl escort, which be later became the template for Randy Savage and Elizabeth. That's where Savage got the idea from the Sheik and, and Princess Salima. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't really treat her as well. No. Yeah. <laughs> No, he would treat again. He would put her in front of him. The same thing <coughs> Savage would do. He would like abuse her and 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 put her down and denigrate her. And that, but then there was another. I mean, it was even worse with the Sheik because she was like his literal slave. You know, she was like bowing to him and all this stuff. And there was also this, that weird thing of with the fans where you know, she's this beautiful woman. You couldn't really make out all of her, but you could tell she's beautiful and, and she seems really nice. And she's being like enslaved by this maniac. You know, it was very easy to get heat doing that because people felt bad for her. For sure. <laughs> we are on the line with Brian Solomon uh, at Brian R. Solomon on social media, uh, his latest book, blood and fire, the unbelievable real life story of wrestling's original chic is available on Amazon and whatever, wherever books are sold. If you actually go to Brian's uh, Twitter account, he's got a Wix site. And if you just click on that, uh, where you can get the book comes up all social media and his podcast, shut up and wrestle, uh, which uh, ironically enough, his latest episode features Stephen Bell, who is yeah. the author of Dynamite and Davy, the explosive lives of the British Bulldogs. So not only does he get to be interviewed by people like us, he also gets to pump out interviews uh, talking about uh, professional wrestling books. So definitely uh, check him out. You said you interviewed fans, but I'm assuming you uh, probably interviewed wrestlers, too. Did you have a favorite go to uh, for Sheik stories while you were doing all your research? There were a couple. I mean, one person who the one person who was the most helpful in terms of the insights and someone really close to him and worked with him was Dave Brzezinski, who was uh, Supermouth Dave Drayson. He was the Sheik's last manager, and he was somebody who was involved in the front office of Detroit wrestling, too, when he was very young, photographer and publicity and things like that. And so he was like my he was like mr miyagi for me like i would go to him with every question <laughs> i would randomly text him at all hours like how tall do you think he was was he 58 was he like 511 like those kind of things i would shoot him and he always would have an answer for me all the time he was great there was a a, a historian of detroit wrestling named mark bujan i don't know if you guys knew him but he was the go to guy in terms of the fans of detroit wrestling the most knowledgeable one and 
he was another one who died while I was making the book unexpectedly of a heart attack, but he was like a, just a gold mine. And, and, and as for the, as the far the wrestlers I'm trying to think, you know, who was really great uh, because there aren't many people left who really were there, you know, as in terms of wrestling and, and except for maybe like the greenest rookies who were just starting out um, was uh, flying Fred Curry. Who's the son of wild bull Curry. And he's still around, you know, he's like, gotta be i mean he he, i don't know he's maybe like 80 or so and he lives near me in connecticut and i tracked him down and he was great because he was the one wrestler that i talked to who actually was a long-term main eventer in big time wrestling for years like who, who was really there on on top and and he gave me a lot of great stuff he was great do you have a Without giving away the book, is there a favorite story in there um, that you were unaware of? That would be the the story that opens it. And I don't mean the introduction you were talking about, but because that's like the real beginning. But chapter one of the book, it starts with a story that I discovered just from doing newspaper research. And it doesn't even have anything to do with wrestling. And I don't mind giving it away because there's a lot of things in the book. It's it, That's fine. But I mean, because... I just I basically discovered that when the Sheik were I shouldn't even say the Sheik, but when Eddie Farhat was 12 years old, he ran away from home and he recruited a bunch of his friends. And I found this because it was reported in the local newspaper. So they got together him and a bunch of kids from the block. They hitchhiked on the highway and and they caught them. The police caught them 35 miles out. They were like almost headed towards. I don't know, whatever state is west of Michigan, whatever. I don't know what, what that would be, but whatever it is, they were almost there. Thirty, And and they brought them into the police station. And he's quoted Eddie Farhat, 12 years old, in the story. The, they said to him, what were you boys up to? And he said something like, we were going to California where it's sunny all the time and where there's a lot of money. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, this is the whole man's life in a nutshell. Like, look what I discovered here. This is incredible. Like, like this is the sheik. You know, this is the man who became the sheik. You know, he, he's got the ambition. He's got the charisma to get other kids to do it with him. And he's already thinking like, I don't want to be in this shitty little town in Michigan. What am I doing here? I, I want to be, I want to be in Hollywood. I want to go to California. I want to be a star. Like this is the mind of a person. Like you think to yourself, what kind of person is able to succeed in this way? It takes a certain kind of person to get that kind of success in life. That's the kind of person, the person who's 12 years old and who's already thinking like that. And when I found it and I'm, I'm looking at the newspaper clipping from 1930 eight or seven. And I'm going, I think I am the only living human being on the planet earth right now who is aware that this happened. (laughs) And this has to be the way the book starts. It's gotta be, this is, this sets the stage for everything that comes after. So that would, that's my favorite just because it was so out of the blue. Uh, You talk about setting the stage for everything that comes after we've put a bow on blood and fire. Uh, we got any other projects in the future that you might be working on? Well, you know, I mean, I do, I write every month for pro wrestling illustrated, got the shirt on and, um, inside the ropes magazine. I do. (laughs) (laughs) And, but, uh, you know, uh, I can talk about that briefly because there's, um, the new issue of inside the ropes, which has Cody Rhodes on the cover. I have, uh, an in-depth 
look back at, at Scott Hall in there. And that was important to me because, you know, I was there at WWE when he came back with the NWO and everything. And I got to kind of be around him a little bit. And, and so that, so, you know, I, I put a lot of feeling into that. Um, and in, in pro wrestling illustrated, I've, I mean, I'm always looking to do these historical pieces. So like now my next piece for them, which is not going to come out until the next issue, but you know how Cody's been talking about how, you know, my dad could never win the WWE title. He always wanted to. And, and they keep showing the, the pictures from that match with superstar Billy Graham and everything. Well, I thought, what if I went back to 1977 and I wrote this whole story about that match and what it was like in New York city and the son of Sam killer and the blackouts and the, and the, and the record breaking heat in New York and all that kind of stuff, write a story around that. And, 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 and now everything that's led up to Cody now who wasn't even born then, you know, and like create a whole story around that. So like, that's cause I, I always, I'm a mark for all this historical stuff, as you can tell, but as far as books, I have a couple things in the works. I don't want to totally say what they are because I haven't committed onto anything yet. And I don't, I also don't want anybody stealing the idea, but I will say this. I'm thinking of a couple of biography subjects that I could do people that haven't been done before that, that need to be done. But he also had this idea that I was throwing around on Twitter. So it's already out there of doing a coffee table book, like one of those big art books, you know, like, oh, yeah. you, you know how they have them where it's like silver age comics, golden age comics, or like, adventure men's adventure novels and they have all the i want to do that except for wrestling magazines a giant coffee table book that goes into all the old wrestling magazines of like the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s and just all the great covers and the layouts and talk to the people who made them and that kind of thing that's something i'm seriously considering doing if i could find a publisher that would actually want to do something like that like you know there there's the company Tashin, who does a lot of those big art books, those coffee table books. And they're not all these highbrow artsy things. I mean, like I have one on my table right back there. Like I said, it's the Silver Age of DC Comics. And Tashin did that. If I could convince them to do this, then I'll do it. If I can't, then I'll do another wrestling biography. So we'll see. <laughs> no, I think there's not definitely an equal market when it comes to comics and professional wrestling. And in fact, sure. I think a lot. I, th I think a lot of the audience probably intertwines, to be honest with you. Totally. I mean, it, God, I mean, uh, you know, I did, I, when I did Cornette's show, um, he's a classic example of that. He's like fanatical about wrestling and fanatical about comic books. And, and you actually find a lot of people that are like that, that can converse <laughs> about both in detail. And, and actually the book I'm finishing right now, cause you know, I was done with the writing of this book a year ago. I'm finishing up a book that's non-wrestling that that comes out next year. That's all about the history of superheroes. So, again, uh, in writing it, there's a lot of connections, you know, in the way the stories are told and the way that you have the heroes and the villains and all that. So, those are all, those have always been two big interests for me too, from going back to when I was little. You, you have go. a book about Godzilla, don't you? I do, you know, because all my books are so highbrow and very intelligent. <laughs> it's wrestling, it's comic books, it's Godzilla. It's all, all of my English professors from college would be very proud of me there you go. Uh, for, for this. No, but um, yeah, Godzilla FAQ, which 
actually until I get the numbers back for this for Blood and Fire is the biggest selling book that I've ever done. It's it's sold more than any wrestling books and it and actually it was the one that I sort of I mean, I loved writing it but I was probably the least interested in it <laughs> compared to my other books. No, but I mean, I'm being totally brutally honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, God, the rest Godzilla, I, Godzilla is super offended by that statement. <laughs> well, but, but I even got to write about wrestling in that book too, because like some of those movies, it's totally wrestling. I mean, the, the way that the monster fights are laid out, especially too, when you think about what was happening in Japan in the seventies, you had the explosion of all Japan, new Japan, Baba Anoki. Uh, and all that stuff, and those people were also watching Godzilla movies. So you've got there's tag team matches in some of those Godzilla movies. Godzilla <laughs> suplexes one of the monsters. I mean, I'm not even making yeah. that. No, up, you're right. You know? He suplexes the guy. He drop kicks another guy. So, so I got to even write about wrestling in that book too. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the, awesome. Yeah, Megalon. <laughs> yep. Nice. Uh, those uh those those rest those PWI covers are fantastic. A book of those would be uh great. I just I just uh bagged up all of mine and organized them. Me too. Me too. Yeah, oh. I have in my in my storage room over here. I had to get it all finally bagged up and I even went to and I even bagged up all, finally all the ones that I actually worked on at WWE which I had never I had kept a copy of every single issue I ever worked on, but they were not bagged and so I finally did that. You know, some of them are like over 20 years old now, so getting yellowed that's, that's awesome you have a, yeah do you have a favorite a favorite story no like like what like the magazines like any any one that you hold like near and dear you mean of my own that i did or you mean just as like a fan just like your collection in general well i have okay so there's one that really made me into a wrestling history fanatic and it was an issue of the wrestler magazine that came out in 1991 and it was the 25th anniversary of the wrestler magazine and it had this silver cover and the whole magazine was about looking back at those 25 years so it's like 1966 to 1991 and my my head exploded because the only wrestling i knew i'd started watching because of hulk hogan you know the only wrestling i knew was that and I really was very ignorant about anything else. And and I'm other than, you know, my family members would sometimes say things to me that of wrestling they remembered and stuff. But I looked at this magazine and then the pictures that are in it and the stories. And I just I finally got this idea of like what this really is and how big it is and how far it goes back and how much it encompasses. And I wanted to learn about everything. And that that issue changed the, the course of my life. That's not even exaggerating. It did. That's awesome. Nice. 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 Yeah, I pulled I pulled it up. What a what a what a great looking issue. Yeah, it is. It really yeah, is. Billy, Billy Graham, Bruno, Flair, Sting, Andre Bruno on the Scaris. Anything with Bruno on the cover. Come on. How could you go wrong? <laughs> Stop with the Bruno. He was their favorite cover guy, him and the Sheik. They were the two tops from that era. Put those guys on the cover and it was sold bruno was very lucky because well i mean that's very patronizing to say but i mean one thing one thing that he was fortunate about was though that he was in the territory that happened to be in the same city where all the wrestling magazines were published so yep you know if if all the wrestling magazines were coming out of los angeles you know it might have been freddie blassie or if they were coming out of 
out of St. Louis, it would have been, you know, Harley race. So, I mean, some of that is serendipity too, of like where, you know, where you are in, in, in the business, New York is where it's happening. So that was Madison square garden, you know, for sure. Well, Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure to uh, to sit down and talk to you. And I, I looked on your Twitter before. I know you've been doing the circuit today, uh, talking a lot yeah. about the book. Uh, I know. Appreciate- my voice is going to go soon. <laughs> we appreciate the time. Um, again, at Brian R. Solomon on Twitter. Uh, please check him out. Follow him. Check out the latest book, Blood and Fire. Uh, if you just throw Blood and Fire on Amazon, it pops up. The Kindle version is available, and the book should be out on Amazon, hopefully this week, but I'm sure there's somewhere else on the internet. You can find the book. Uh, well, you know, hard if, copy. If, if people want the hard copy too, they can go to barnesandnoble.com because I understand that barnesandnoble.com actually has the physical copies more than Amazon does at the moment for now. So right. if you know, that would be, that might be even quicker than Amazon right now. If you're looking for a hard copy. There you and go. then, uh, of course, Shut Up and Wrestle, uh, Brian's podcast, which you'll want to check out uh, this latest episode. They're talking British Bulldogs, which I know we have a lot of old school wrestling fans, so I'm sure they'll enjoy that very much. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, thank Brian, you. It was our you had a pleasure. Good time. Before we let you go, is there anything yeah. you want to leave for the fans or people out there? If anything, what? You you would like to say before we let you go. Oh, boy. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope that people – We'll we'll give the book a shot, even if you even if like we were saying before, if you're not familiar with the Sheik and you don't really know who he was, even more of a reason to pick it up and read it and 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 understand what an important figure this guy was. You know, this isn't just a book for nostalgia, although that's great for people that grew up with the Sheik and loved him or hated him. That's great. But even if you didn't, if you're a wrestling fan, there's something in this book for you. It's just it's it's got so much history in it that you, you're going to come away with a lot of knowledge guaranteed awesome beautiful thanks guys brian thank, thank you, you so brian. much enjoy the rest of the night hopefully we get All to right. talk to you uh again soon maybe we can just come on and bullshit about old school wrestling anytime i can talk about this stuff uh forever as you could tell i've been doing it today so any <laughs> <laughs> anytime i'd be happy seriously to do it book or no book all right beautiful. thanks guys awesome. thanks, thanks brian. brian have a great brian. night bye-bye Remember, folks, Brian R. Solomon on social media. Please give him a follow. Uh, we're going to do uh, Patreon plugs. We're going to do network talk. We'll come back. We'll talk a little NWA, a little Wizards Rewind. Did I forget yes. anything? No, that's, that's it. good. That's all I we have need. To, I have to take a piss. So do I. Oh, geez. You're going to leave me for the network wraparound? All right, can I you can, do I the network real fast, man? Yeah, I could, I could do it. Give me a second. I'm like dying over here. And I'm I, dying I, over here. I keep Dang. looking. I think my I have a weird shape. My head looks fucking weird. What was that? What was what? Me? I didn't do anything, did I? Uh, all right, Tony, go to your solo layout. Yeah, come on, bring that it on, me. people. That was me. Dude. Also, Tony, you got to remind me who I think what wrestler Matt looks like when we get back. By the way, sloth. No, I mean, he can't even walk, dude. He's waddling. He looks like. Uh, uh, I'll wait till wait till later. I gotta go. Oh, he, wait, he's leaving adorable. And he takes a piss. What an animal! What a fucking gorilla! Right, <laughs> two, and right a, back. two men and a gorilla over here. Jesus. Well, I don't want to be. I don't want it to be Matt. Oh God! Now how do what? I fucked this up. Hold on. Did I like? No. What did I do? I'm screwing everything up here. Jeez. No, I don't want it to be a Matt. How do we switch this? How do we switch? The- <laughs> ah! 
Wait, no. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Oh my Dude, god, I haven't left it. I haven't left can it. You, can hysterical. you please get me on the screen? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. You're Kevin, welcome. Kevin saved my life. I Holy crap. Oh my God. All right, go take a piss, dude. I, I got this. Uh, not a lot really happening this week on the Shining Wizards Network because Mother's Day was on Sunday. So some of our typical uh, shows during the week uh, wound up taking the week off, and rightfully so, to celebrate moms everywhere. Of course, the Mark Order podcast this week uh, without Matt, as usual, uh, covering everything in AEW. Uh, I don't know. There's notes here, but it's a it's an AEW podcast. If it happened on AEW this week, they talked about it. There you go. Snowy and the boys wrestling night in Canada talking about jumping the shark this week. Uh, what exactly did they talk about? Uh, let me see. They talked about. Oh, that's what they talked about. Promotions that went out of business. AWA, UWF, Jim Crockett, World Class, WCW. They cover everything. That's a lot to cover, man. But you know what? They're fucking nuts. They're from Canada and they're covering it all. Radioactive metal this week. Aaron and Snowy talk about guitars give him the axe and as a matter of fact i want to shout him out i want to be the first one to shout him out radioactive metals reaching a milestone episode 700 this week so please show those guys some love they do a great job even though snow is canadian we don't handle that against him he's he's kind of smart for a canadian i guess ringside rant this week covering the may 5th 2006 episode of smackdown uh we got ray mysterio and mark henry in the main event on that one uh, JBL at ringside. I'm I'm assuming he's getting involved in some way, shape, or form. So you got that to look forward to. And turnbuckle throwbacks, like we said, they did the wrestling 80 con this weekend for Tommy Fierro. Uh, four hours worth of goodness. I know for sure that Paul Roma's in on in on that somewhere. Jesse Ventura was involved with that. Jake the Snake. So show Phil some love. I know Matt fucking doesn't like him half the time, but whatever. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see you on the screen. I wanted to talk shit to see if you were back. Anyway, so that's what's going on this week all around the horn on the Shining Wizards Network. Don't forget, we've got eight great shows on the network. By the way, don't forget to tune into the broadcast each and every week and support our boy, Mike Freeland, the Front Row Material feed where he does Free Freeland's 5 no longer exists. It's now Freeland's News. I don't know. He expanded it because he loves to talk. Fuck it. He does a great job. Go over there. He's giving you news and notes every single day of the week. You could spend all day and all night with Mike Freeland. Who wouldn't want to do that? And that's what's happening over on the Shining Wizards Network. And now, while he yawns and gets ready to bring bring the goodness for the Shining Wizards Patreon supporters, take it away, Matt. Oh, thanks, man. My head is shaped like really weird, and it's been bothering me all night. I, I think it's because of your haircut. I think because your hair is fluffy. Maybe it's like kind of like disproportionately shifting you. When was the last time you trimmed your beard? Oh, I don't know. I See, well, that's the thing. Like, if you got a scruffy beard and a fuzzy head, you know, like on top, that's probably why you're Look, looking a little. My head is like oblong, like a like a peanut. Well, I don't think the the headphones do you any favors. That's why I use the earbuds. Yeah, I might, I might have to look into getting some of your buds. All right, well, I'm going to go take a piss. Look into doing some Patreon supporters. All right, well, if you are listening to this podcast, you're watching it uh, on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get the show. If you want to support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, you can for as little as $1 a month. Uh, and that dollar a month gets your name mentioned on the show. $3 a month gets you our bonus episodes. $5 a month, we, we will promote your website, social media, 
or whatever you will like $10 a month uh, right now is boxes of wizardry. And we're going to, we're going to go in a new direction in July. So get them while you can kids. And all those people waiting for boxes. I have your name on the list. We're going to, I'm going to do when it's, I'm going to do mega boxes. So you're going to get like a bunch of shit. One last go hurrah. A lot of wrestling shit. So stay tuned kids. I didn't forget about you. I have a, we're very organized over here. Contrary to what you may believe. I have lists. I have lists. I have lists. I have, I have tons of paperwork around my desk here, so we're ready to go. And we're going to take this time to thank those over at the Patreon that support us here at the Shining Wizards. And we're going to start with Queen, Kathy Hummer, uh, the King, Manny Crazzo, Danny Rusinello over at not Danny Russ on the Twitter machine, Anthony Rusinello, Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, uh, Kate the Great Hensler, uh, at Miss Kate Fabe, uh, she's the Mark Order podcast. She does sour graps. She does the SmackDown Rampage post show. Uh, she's a very important part of Fightful. And lately, people have been giving her shit. About what? Just people are fucking awful. I'm pretty sure she deactivated her Twitter tonight because she's been getting like nasty fucking messages from internet trolls. All right, so here, here's one person that I will absolutely fight anyone to the death for, and that is fucking Kate. So if you got a problem with Kate, direct all your fucking hate shit towards me and I will fight you. Like, literally, I will fight the shit out of you. I fucking love Kev. Me and you, buddy. We got this. Me and Kevin are just going to start taking out Kate's haters. So here, so anyone that has any, any sort of notoriety in professional wrestling at all or, or wrestling media all of a sudden becomes a target. And that pisses me off. Do better with yourselves, people. Do freaking better. I just made me so mad that I heard that, Matt. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you, Kevin, but no, Kate's it's a friend and, and, and we love her here at the Wizards, and I don't want that. So um, when she comes back, hopefully to Twitter, uh, follow her at Miss Kate Fabe, and uh, let's stomp out the trolls, people. Stomp out the trolls. Uh, Matt Garifo, no, no really right to freaking be a douche like that at all. If that's, oh. Sorry, Kev. I didn't mean to upset you. Sorry. Uh, Macarifo, no relationship to the KJG. Uh, Maddie Mellinger, Christine Friesendorf, Mark Parloni. Happy birthday, Mark. There we go. Kenny Hossie, the Scotch drinks more. Uh, Jay Cop, Big Cop Pump, the only thing listen, worth listening to on the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. That's right. Uh, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock at High Five Tom. He's doing his Marking Out podcast, the ROH Revelry. I'll be doing that on Thursday, I think. I was going to say, Kevin, I heard a rumor you were going to be a guest on his show. Yeah, this Thursday, uh, May 12th. I think that's Thursday. May 12th. I'll be on that show. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I, I'm not going full solo screen if, if we're going to have conversations. It's rude Sorry. just to see my dumb face. No, you're ah. good. No, you're good. I just want to make sure you're seen. Seen and heard, not just heard. I look like shit. <laughs> People don't need to see me. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You can't look worse than me. Uh, Michael Hammond, Matthew Birch. Uh, Braden Bergen at Berg X E R O on the Twitter machine, the LeBron James of Mattel Elite Figure Collecting. Brendan Haney, Carrie Cowling at the Carrie Crush on the Twitter machine. My man Ryan Schlong, he's doing great things over at the Mark Order. At Mark Order Pod is his Twitter handle. Uh, he runs the show over there. So uh, all that positivity is coming from Schlonger. Uh, Asian Joe. Uh, David Henry Bauer III, his pal Antonio Hossman makes experimental music at Harvestman Records 856.bandcamp.com backslash music. Mike Peterson at LOL. Mike Peterson on the Twitter machine. Rob Humphrey. I dunk biscuits. I My dunk man biscuits. roll. 
roll. Our friends over at the Daily Smart at the Daily Smart on Twitter. DailySmart.com is the website. They help you find the latest wrestling news along with up to the minute daily podcasts. Don't forget, we deliver YouTube videos to keep you in the loop. And last, but certainly not least, William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? Kevin, I know what you mean, my man. Oh, I'm so glad. So thankful. Tony, do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Holy Uh, shit. So, Matt. you okay over there? No, I think I think there's body cam footage released of our friend's arrest. Sorry. Oof. What? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted uh, by something. Tony's else. talking about Sonny. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking about about that. Um, but Matt, while you yep. were while you left your door open and your camera on while you were taking a leak ski, I uh I told Tony of a wrestler that I think you look like. And you mentioned your weird shaped head before the break. Yeah, my peanut head. I don't think it's. You know who I think you look like? Who? In the face only. Who? 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 I think you are a doppelganger for JD Drake. Oh yeah, I've been told that before. Oh, you have? I think so. Oh, oh you broke Kevin's heart, bro. I, I didn't mean that. to break his heart. Uh, made me mad, then you break my heart. Jesus. Oh, sorry. It's a roller coaster. A lot of emotions over here. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's looking at fucking. Tony's watching Sonny get arrested. Kevin's fired up about Kate. No, nah, I'm looking for Asian porn, bro. Yeah, well, my nose stopped running, so that's good. Hey, there you go. Your fucking shit's finally working. We'll see. Hopefully, we shall see. That but Brian yeah. Sullivan. I'm. I'm not even joking. Like I was. I was trying. I had every intention of looking through the book to find some like the stuff just to pull out to talk to him about. And it's one of those where like you just got to read it in order. You got to go cover to cover. It's so interesting. And dude, I haven't read a wrestling book. I got a stack of books I haven't read yet. And this one, I was like, bro, I'm all in with this. All in. Yeah. And I I, I touched base with him during the break. He had a great <coughs> time. So. It's another feather in the cap of the wizards, people. Great guy. Keep Great on trucking. Guy. I don't yeah. think we'll be having the same conversation next week as we are joined by uh Miko Deathmatch Deathmatch wrestler Akira. Uh and then May 23rd, uh Marche Rocket joins us and uh of the rest of May and the rest of June all figured out by the end of this show, people. Big big Akira fan. There's going to be uh Former, former NWA world champion should be joining us at the end of June. Oh, so it's definitely not former NWA world champion. It's not gonna be Broski because Broski ain't losing that belt anytime soon. Oh shit! Matt's got his fucking two knuckles up his nose, dude. Are you all right over there? I thought Kevin was on with the allergies. Yeah, I'm great. Tony, I was just giving you a hint. Tony. Not everyone with allergies puts their fingers all the way. Oh down. fuck me! Kevin wasn't even looking, so Kevin didn't get it. Yeah, I was giving you a hint. I got no, it. No, I got it. Oh, you did say it. Oh, why wouldn't you want to say it? Because because well, if, if anyone's going to say it, Matt should say it. Well, I mean, the only thing is Matt didn't put his finger in his mouth. So no, it's disgusting. There's did only one book. Only one book you, eater. But did you put? But did you actually legit put it up your nose? Or were you oh yeah. It? It was, it was oh yeah. Deep, I was bro. in there. All right, we're doing NWA. Let's get. There's nothing up oh. there though. We're good. Oh boy. There's so no we are there, Tony. Before What's you up? get into your three count on the NWA, what you got? Uh, 
Kevin, I'm sure, is over the fucking moon about this. What, 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 what? I mean, they named the goddamn pay-per-view after the guy. Oh, always ready? Always ready? With the fucking Z? <sighs> no, he God, does baby. it like this now. He does it like... like... Well, when he's in GCW, he does it like this. No, he wears that shirt in the NWA. All right, so he wears the shirt, but my point is, I don't know if he actually does it in the NWA. No, he doesn't, but the fact that he wears the shirt. Oh. No, Billy Corgan won't allow him to flip people off, but Velvet Sky can fucking horn it up. Um, fucking asshole. I swear to fucking uh, this, guy, uh, this guy's uh, got a gift. Who? Broski. Um, so always ready. And we are, this is a pay per view. So we are picking this Saturday. Oh, of course we are. Yeah, but it's not till June. It's, we got a ways, we got a ways to go. You say a ways. It'll fucking be here before we know it, dude. Yeah, we only got three matches so far that I'm aware of. I think there's a fourth match that was announced today. Which one is the fourth one? Uh, it looks like we have the Hex defending their tag team champions against the Pretty Empowered. There you go. Which is Ella Envy and Kenzie Page. There you go. Interesting. I like Kenzie it. Page. Kenzie Page. Also, we have La, La Rebellion uh, against the Commonwealth Connection. Tyrus yep. against Mims. God, we have to sit through another fucking Tyrus match. Yo, big and, strong Mims. He'll be in the three count. Keep it going. Yeah, but is big strong who look if Scion does isn't taking the TV title from Tyrus and the Pope's not doing it, who's taking the motherfucking TV title from Tyrus, Tony? We'll get there. Three count. Broski. Hold that. All right, and then you end up. He's got enough titles, Kevin. Bisha, bisha, bisha. Jack Stane oh. defending the national championship against Chris Adonis. Chris Adonis trying to become a three-time national champion. I hope Jack Stane smushes his head like a creep. Well, Tom Latimer's already thrown his hat in the ring to be next to challenge Jack Stane anyway, so maybe we get something out of this. I don't Does know. He, if you throw your hat in the ring, do you get it back? I would assume you'd have to win to get it back, no? Oh, if you... In hockey, if you throw your hat on the ice, you do not get it back after. Yeah, but I think trip. that's like on the ticket. Like you can't don't throw shit on the ice, right? Well, no. Well, if someone scores a hat trick, you're more than welcome to throw your hat on the ice. Right, but, but don't you, expect you don't, to get it back. Don't what expect do they to do get it back with all the hats. They they, put, they, they shovel them up and put them in a big garbage bag, and then either they throw them out or they maybe wash them and donate them somewhere. I don't know. That's good. I don't. Kev, I, why do they throw squids on the ice? Oh, no, no one's only the Detroit Red Wings throw a squid on the ice. Why though? Like that, I am not a hundred percent sure on. It has oh, something it, to do it's with homage to the original Sheik. That's probably right. yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so pretty sure it's the Detroit Red Wings solo gimmick. So all right, actually, so T Don, give me the three count there, mother mother trucker. Here's your three count. Now, as much as I loved MLW this week, it was this week for the NWA to take an L in the opening of the three count. The Fixers, who I usually love, and the Rude Dudes, who are growing on me, had a tag match. No disqualification, and it was the shits. They were all over the place. You can't talk that way about a past guest. Jesus Christ. Dude, it it was not good, dude. Like People were waiting to set up spots. Like Shit just looked disjointed. Whatever happened to Corporate Tony? By the way, two former guests, right? Sam Adonis and Jay Bradley. Jay Bradley was on the show. Oh, look at this guy. Not remembering his Wizards history. That's why you're not challenging for the Can You Beat That Championship. Oh, fucking, fucking, fuck you, dude. Yeah, Yeah, so this was bad. You know what was good? 
What was good? Mims came out and he answered the body slam challenge and everybody was out there. Black Jesus was out there. Clearwater was out there. Fucking Austin Idol was out there and they were all talking shit. They were all talking smack. Goes for it the first time. Tyrus pushes him off. Goes for it the second time. Tyrus hits him. He fucking fires back on Tyrus and woo, boom, he sends Tyrus down with a slam. And as everybody tried getting in the ring to take down Big Strong Mims, he said, not today. He fucking sent the entire squad, Church's Money Enterprises, and fucking Austin Idol Entertainment, sent them all packing. So that's why Mims has got that title shot, which will be the sixth defense for Tyrus. At least that's what they were saying on commentary. It might be more, but Tyrus is getting close to that magic seven, bro. Nobody wants that. Nobody. I don't know, man. Okay, I, Tony, come on. Dude, are you Tyrus, serious? Tyrus are you, against you Matt Cardona? Bro, sell out in any arena in the country. I got to agree with Tony on this one. Come on. Other, other than Tyrus. I don't you like know Tyrus. Cardona's not the problem. It's fucking Tyrus, dude. Yeah. How, many, here, how many Tyrus matches are we going to have to fucking watch? Hopefully where our reviewer, he's fucking lazy. How probably not too many more because I think maybe this is Mims's time. Maybe they're pushing Mims. Get Mims, big strong Mims. My uh... number one, my my third count for the week, and the most important count of the week. What's that? I talked about her a few months ago, and I quipped how she was getting better. She looks better. She's lost weight. She moves faster. She's more aggressive. Kenzie Page had two matches this week. She wrestled Mickey James on Power. And she wrestled Natalia Markova on USA. She lost both matches, but she looked fucking amazing in both of them. She's so aggressive. She's everything that she does makes sense. She's where she needs to be when she's when she's on a comeback or she's getting beat up. Kenzie Page is fucking amazing. Write it down this day. She's going to be a future NWA Women's Champion, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, let me write this down. Write that it. shit down. I dig it. Fantastic. Impressed the shit out of me. And I didn't like Kenzie Page at all when she came into NWA, but fucking past couple of months, man, she's been looking amazing. Kenzie Page, future. Tony, was there an MLW top 10? No, no, they haven't done one in a while, Kev. So do they know that that's that's very good podcast fodder for us? Do they not yeah. care? Uh, listen, I've talked to my boy Court. A few times, and yeah. he's like, oh, he's like, bro, we just got to work it in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, all right. What do we got here? Reach out again if you don't mind. And that was that was my uh, NWA. Oh boy, New Japan. Here we go. And then you wonder why I go elsewhere to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a response like that. I try. Did and you, didn't you talk you. about New Japan enough already today? Yeah, man. <laughs> Not on this podcast, buddy. You don't oh, don't you fucking dog pile on me too, Kevin? Bunch of couple. What do we got here? A couple of haters. <laughs> a good couple of haters here. You should show up on Wednesday and talk about it there too. Oh, you probably if I don't have to work till eleven o'clock at night, I would. You dickhead. There's no point in me showing up to talk about a goddamn wrestling show if I haven't fucking watched it. Because then I just we, we do that every week here. What are you talking about? Yeah, I didn't watch any New Japan other since. You didn't uh, watch anything this week, and you're here. Come on. Well, that's not true. You watch Superstars. I did. And I have all the notes here. The the Mark Order podcast is a fantastic (laughs) vehicle, but it's an AEW only show. If I'm not, if I've seen no, I have not seen AEW in two weeks. I haven't seen 
Rampage. I haven't seen Dynamite. I haven't seen none of it. So, so no. wait, wait, wait. So you haven't watched AEW in two weeks yet. You get mad at me for not having watched it when I'm complaining about how they're using Daniel Bryan? I'm not complaining about it. You kind of did. I I was not complaining about AEW. I would, no, I don't think anyone was complaining. I think we were just curious as to why you don't watch it at all. Because I'm working. No, no, no not you, Matt. Oh. Not you. <laughs> Tony. Like, what? Like, what? Like, Jesus, why? Matt, like, take a fucking breath. Is there a reason why? Like, I need to know some sort of motive. <coughs> yeah, because it. I'm because why should I waste my time watching it when I just tune into a show on Wednesdays at ten fifteen and get all the information I need? Why yeah, wouldn't you want to watch wrestling though? I watch enough wrestling as it is, bro. You watch two hours of wrestling. I'm calling, I'm That's calling a bullshit. no. Well, you no, watch MLW and NWA, which is also mind-boggling. Why you choose to watch? I mean, granted, you, that's the contribution, and it's greatly appreciated. But why do you choose to watch those over AEW? Because I love them. I love them. There's something about the NWA I like, and there's something about MLW. NWA I get. I love the NWA too, and trust me, I wish I could watch it every week. Uh, I don't. You had like one foot out the door in MLW like two weeks ago, and now I'm back. I told you, you they had, had a great week. Nine week. toes out the door. They yeah. had a great week this week. The right. last little piggy was going all the way home. Well, the fucking microman is the last little piggy. I hope it continues. All right, well, come on. Let's well, go. just New a Japan. couple things on the New Japan three count. The Fightful overbooked New Japan show should be debuting this week, and I, and I talk a lot of New Japan with Kieran, so. Please check it out. Um, it's not that fucking serious either. It's pro wrestling. So I'm sure some fucking uber nerds are going to listen. Be like, that's not right. Go fuck yourself. That's what I have to say about that. What? What, Tony? Go fuck, yeah, yourself. Go fuck yourself. It's fucking pro wrestling. Who gives a shit? It's not that serious, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, big weekend. They got Capital Collision coming up on Saturday night. Fight has said there will be no issues like the Windy City Riot. Your main event is your fucking asshole friend, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tony. His dumb fucking hair. Uh, will be defending his U.S. title against Will Ospreay, John Moxley, and Juice Robinson in a four-way. Oh, really? How? Oh, really? They've, been, they've, been, they've been doing a lot of these multi-man uh, matches lately, haven't they? The tag and the, the tag and the uh yeah I don't I don't I don't tags they do a lot of but this like four way thing they don't really do all that often right okay well all right so I meant all right so maybe a lot of is different I'm saying I've seen so they're new but I've seen it a, a couple times they they don't do like fatal four way tag matches in New Japan all the time do they no it's very rare so they did one at at Dantaku uh, and Dantaku and now three, they're getting three teams this. three teams okay all right. Bad luck, Fale, world tag team champion. Fuck out of here. No, if I could do that one over, I'd pick them. Uh, also on the show, Brody King, Minoru Suzuki, Eddie Kingston, Big Tom, Okada, and Trent Beretta against Jay White and Haiku Leo. Nice. Um, I might check this out. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think I'll watch it. If not Saturday, maybe Sunday. Uh, Best of the Super Junior starts this week, so uh, I'm very pumped up for that. And, so how uh, how does that run every day, Matt? Is that like the G one? It runs no. It'll run like three four days at a time, and then they'll take a break and go to a different city. I mean, they go to a different city every night, but it'll run until Dominion June third, which we will be picking. That's right. I'm in. Yeah, G White's taking that title off of Okada. Fuck J White. Yeah, I'll tell you what they uh, they're doing a taping uh, Sunday at the twenty three hundred Arena. Who New Japan? 
Yeah. MLW's taping Sunday, aren't they? No, MLW's taping on Friday. Oh, God. Can I say that I hope that Bullet Club is done with Impact just because, like, I can't take them losing anymore than seeing them wrestle in New Japan and, like, being awesome. It's so different. And I understand why they do that, but, like, I need them to win all the time. When's Carl Fredericks wrestling again? Is he going Uh, back? Carl has a match Sunday. No, Carl has a match on Saturday against Ren Narita. Mm. And then he's wrestling QT Marshall on Sunday in Philadelphia. Your headlining match in Philadelphia, though, Will Ospreay and Homicide. Jesus. Nice. And Ospreay's debuting for GCW, too, I think. Yeah, when they go up to uh, Providence, right? Yeah, at the FET Music Hall. Hey, you know what I haven't found out at all? Speaking Mm -hmm. of 2300. Why is Slice Boogie not wrestling right now? Like, did something go on with him? Like, did something happen? Because I know, well, because Hernandez is replacing him in 5150 for the time being, but he hasn't been removed from anything. Maybe I'm just wondering why, like, they kind of wrote him off for a while if something's going on with him. I haven't read anything or seen anything about it. It's a great question. I don't know. I mean, that's our boy Slice Boogie. I want to know, like, if he's got something going on, you know? Oh, our boy Slice Boogie, you fucking shit on his gear, and then you didn't even fucking bring it up. Because yeah. I'm a smart wrestling journalist. You brought it up and be nice, been nice about it. Uh, my man over at Ranters Nation, Ringside Rant, RJ, he yes. said, uh, Al the Octopus is the mascot of the Detroit Red Wings of the National Hockey League. During many games, octopuses are thrown on the ice by fans for good luck. Octopi. Usually, uh, this usually occurs... After the national anthem is sung or after a goal is scored. Wait, so they celebrate the national anthem throwing squids on the ice or octopi? Octopi. Have you ever been to Detroit? No, thank God. It is a it is a place. It is a place in the United States. The Red Wings stink, though, so it's all right. Now it used to be good in the 90s. Yeah, it used to be good for a lot of years. Steve Neiserman. Neiserman. You guys are in your Red Wings? I've never played for Detroit. Ugh. Um, so just bear follow me on this one, guys, before we go for to our wizards rewind. Oh boy. There's a there was a there's a TikTok thing, right? Uh, where I guess it's like a Justin Bieber song where it's like tell me a truth. Oh the oh yeah, the sports truth. I saw this. Right? And so then Tom Brady said the game against the Raiders, it was a fumble. Yes. Is there a wrestling truth you would like to know about? A hundred percent. The Bruiser Brody thing. I need to know what for sure happened there. It's a great call. Wow. Hmm. And I'll give you another one because everyone, everything's been talked about to death, but there are two topics <coughs> that I really need to know the actual hundred percent truth. Montreal screw job worker shoot. Yep. I wow. I have to, I have to know. I have to know. Like, I I'm, I know I'm pretty sure it was a shoot, but I need like I need that closure of that. And I'll mm-hmm. go. Oh, I have another one too. Yeah, keep firing, um, Kev. Keep firing. What the? F- actually, this is probably they probably actually said this, and I just missed it. What What the fuck happened with Owen Hart's harness? Who Who the fuck screwed up? Like, what was what screwed up there? The release? Did he release the 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 the, the the latch first did it get caught in his feathers did it get like i need to 100% know what happened there 
and all great, um, all great truths. Wow. But I mean, there's no one that could actually tell you that. Like, like that's just something that would have to like, like the gods would have to just like give me a sign in my Coors Light bottle. Ooh, did Savage sleep with Stephanie McMahon? Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. That's a big fucking matzo ball hanging out there. Oh, dude, I uh, can't wait to get into this the the, the rewind because uh, there's something about that that's totally weird too. Um, yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, Did Hulk Hogan really kick out when Andre landed on him at WrestleMania three? Well, I mean, he did kick out. Well, just, I don't not, know. Jesse not... Ventura seems to think that they didn't. Whose feet hit first, Orndorff or Hogan? See, all right. Who hit first, Luger or Brett? Who hit first, Cena or Batista? Right, so now you're, but now you're like doing like storyline stuff. Yeah, but those those were all legit mistakes. Well, no, but Luger in the Luger story they were explained to us. Yeah, but you know we need like real like we need like dark side of the ring minus the trash writing. Right, like I just want the truth. Just tell yeah. me the truth. Like who killed Dino Bravo? Oh, I think that's obvious, right? I don't know. I thought it was something fun, and then I heard them talking about it on Sports Talk last week, and I was like, "Oh, this would be a good thing to bring up on the wrestling." No, it's, I think it's a great thing to bring up, and I think we could do a whole show on it. To be honest with you, that could be a whole bonus show. Ooh, bonus. oh yeah! Fuck Give yeah. us a little time to do a little research. Oh. All right, come on, let's get into our Rizzo's rewind. Oh yeah, so uh, I think I put it out there last last week. I was like, "Hey guys, uh, I said I emailed you guys the schedule, um, and we have all these brand new bits, right?" So I was like, "Wizard rewind makes perfect sense for this week," and I'm like, "We got to figure something out." So Kevin suggested, and I don't know why, but I am so thankful that he did. <laughs> Seriously, I am. Season seven, episode twenty one. Of WWF superstars, right? And I'll tell you why I suggested a superstars at first, just because they're not long, uh, and it'll fit perfectly. We could do like twenty minutes on it. And you had the idea; it was your original thinking that said, "Like, hey, why don't we do a WCW Saturday Night or a Wrestling Challenge or something like that?" So <coughs> I was just scrolling through superstars episodes, and I hate that they're really pretty much just nineteen ninety two and on, and there's no. 89, 90, 88, like, nothing like that. But I found this one, and it was literally just the tagline of it that made me was like, all right, this could be good. Of uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Go ahead. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I feel like we had this conversation before, Kevin. Maybe, Tony, I don't know if you were here for it. 1992, WWF is an enigma to me. I remember, I remember bits and pieces, but there's a lot of weird shit in this show. I feel like after WrestleMania eight, it's all like a blur to 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 a lot of people. Maybe you, because I I know you probably do rem- remember WrestleMania eight. That was ninety two. Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is this is right after WrestleMania eight. We're on our way to Wembley. Yep, we're in the Wembley. middle of May, May twenty first. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're, this show is dedicated to all the men and women that have died defending our country. Vince was quick to point that out. Wembley. A little awkward. Uh, we're in Syracuse at the War Memorial. Of course we are. <laughs> That's a great pull, Tony. <laughs> and uh, we kick off the show with The Undertaker and the man, the myth, the legend, Bill, Bill Pierce. Oh, 
Give it up one time for Bill Pierce. I uh, just want to point out there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches on this show. 45 minutes. One match went over two minutes, and it was this match. Oh, because Undertaker moved like he was like a freaking zombie back then. He was a dead man, so he Bong. moved slow. Pop, pop like crazy when he fought when that fucking gong went off. People were loving the Undertaker. This was also in the middle of the Berserker trying to kill the Undertaker with his sword. I us, wish that's us. the one I picked. I wish us. that's the episode of Superstars I picked. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys he watch put the that? sword through the ring like fucking Claymore did? Undertaker he? just moved out of the way. Mm-hmm. And and listen, this is one of the very few times, and I could be wrong, that in like the Talking Heads uh, segment of when Undertaker was actually wrestling, Berserker actually like cut a promo. Yes, he did. And like. He does not sound like anyone that's like threatening. He should have never spoke. He should have just done hus hus hus. I mean, it's it's John Nord. He can cut a promo. No, he no no nobody in this era could cut a promo. (laughs) No, John Nord wasn't bad. They were all bad, Tony. All of them. Every single promo that you saw. We we got a really bad one during this episode. We got. Was John Nord the worst one? Was the no? No. All right. Not my opinion. Oh, was it Crush? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Even Papa Shango's promo was better than Crush's? Yes. Bro, Crush's was so fucking... There's like a fucking four-second gap between his two points. That was just like... And usually WWE was good with editing that shit. I'm surprised that they, maybe Dude. that was the best take, and they knew it was good as it was as good as it's gonna get. I know we're ju- I know we're jumping ahead, but like everyone complains about like scripted promos. I guarantee you, none of these were scripted, and I oh, really sure. wish they were because <laughs> like there was everything was every talking head promo, every event setter promo, every update promo were terrible. Well, speaking of terrible, after the Undertaker match, we get our first. Uh, Our first delve into the storyline between Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango. This was the uh, the curse. Yeah, the curse. This just to to you know put it into perspective. You watch wrestling now, right? You're getting Cody Rhodes versus Austin Theory tonight. You're getting Nick Aldis and Michael Bennett. You're getting a Holiday and Davy Davy Richards. This this voodoo curse took took place post match. Ultimate Warrior Brian Nobbs, yeah, hunk of shit that probably was. And notice it didn't air; they didn't show it. Well, they didn't show the match. No, because the match was on like the week before. Oh God, we should watch that episode. Now. I'll watch them all. <laughs> but yeah, what so, what uh... fucking what kind of fucking weird paradoxical universe? Does uh fucking Brian Nobbs get job duty to fucking Ultimate Warrior? Jesus. Well, I mean, it's Ultimate Warrior. It's not like he's doing a job to like. Yeah, but still, Brian Nobbs, perennial, uh, you know, the tag team guy, gets a singles match against the Warrior. That's so <sighs> weird. Happens. Weren't they on their way out anyway? The Nasty Boys. Yeah, this was '92, so they no, actually, they were because they weren't even baby faces yet. Because they're there until. Yeah. The end of the year, <coughs> at least. Unless unless Sags was hurt, who knows? No, no. It's I mean it happens. You put it like Smash wrestled Ultimate Warrior a bunch, like in like on like preludes to to shows and Ugh. like 
tag well, team wrestlers. Tag team was... wrestlers. The only tag team I can never remember having singles matches, guys, is the Bushwhackers. I'll tell you what, Kev. Just just to to just put a bow on the board, the Nasty Boys. They were fired, um, in April of uh, April '93. Yeah, so almost a year after this. Yeah, and then they went on to have a great match at Spring Stampede. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But can you guys think of any match like where like Luke or Butch had a singles match off the top of your head? No. Like if, if 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 it was anything, it was probably like a Saturday night's main event, like leading up to a Survivor Series. Not like, not that I ever. I can't think that. of one singles nope. match of Luke Luke or Butch. Hey, did you what? catch you? Did you catch who one of the officials were at ringside while Warrior was feeling sick? Was it a young Was it a young Shane? No, no. It was Four the, Horsemen leader JJ Dillon was there. Yeah. It was JJ Dillon, Renee Goulet, Chief J Strongbow. Yep. Good call, Kev. And I don't, I didn't see Tony. And you guys mentioned Tony Gurria before, but I didn't see him in this one. He might have been there. I don't, I don't think. Maybe been a, maybe been a Hepner. I always assume a Hepner is going to be there. Dave Hepner. A Hepner. <laughs> one of the Hepners is going to be there. So, Matt, our next match. I'm sorry. I found uh, August oh. of, of 1992, Luke and the Repo Man were working house shows in Canada. Okay. House oh. show. God, uh, and then Luke was wrestling the Brooklyn Brawler here in in Nassau Coliseum. Oh God! Whoa! Yay! I will take it back though. I know we're not ju- we're jumping ahead, but uh, you know what? I won't jump ahead. Let's. I'll wait for it. But uh, yeah. So I can't remember any televised match where Luke or Butch like wrestled a single. Yeah, match. it just looks like random like house shows, like Luke against Typhoon. Yeah. So what I think they would do is probably like if they were short on like like the roster, like if they didn't have a full roster, they would split up the tag teams and have them wrestle each other in singles matches on house show loops. Like yeah, you would then have one like, guy could beat one, and then the other one could beat the other one. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. You know what? You know what makes a lot of sense? Gilbert with his two tone hair. Dude, we got the. We got the holy trinity of of superstars, jo- uh, job guys on this show taking on the king of the meat sauce himself, Virgil. Dude, this match was a backdrop to talk about the WBF Championship and yep. Lex Luger's pose down. There was they they didn't give a fuck about Virgil. Well, all right. So this is well well after he had the storyline with the million dollar man, even though he's still doing the million dollar dream, which was I felt weird. Because he would either do like a top rope drop kick or like a, a cross body, I feel like at some point after he stepped away from the 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 dream of the, of the, the million dollar man storyline. So I was still surprised to see this in May of 1992 when he turned. Well, when did he turn on him? It was it 91 at the no, it was the Rumble 91. So that's like a, a full year later, and he's still doing the million dollar dream. I mean. Yeah. He beat him, and that's his thing now, right? Yeah. Well, Million Dollar Man got the last laugh because he's gonna be the tag champ and wrestle uh, a lot of big time matches, including co-main event of Mania uh, ninety-three, WrestleMania nine. Kevin, you mentioned the Million Dollar Man. He's up next. Money Inc. defends the tag. Well, exhibition, I guess, non-title against Mark K. 
and Jim Powers, dude, with his fucking young stallions jacket, dude. He he milked that thing, and I would too. He milked that thing till like he went to WCW. I tell you what, though, Jim Powers looked like he slimmed down and he was ripped in this match. Like he looked phenomenal in this match. I don't like, know why. Like wise. I don't know why. Like like why Paul Roma and not Jim Powers? What do you mean? Like, like why did Paul Roma get like the second coming? The second think, chance in his career, and Jim Powers didn't. I, that's a wrestling truth I want to know. See, those two never really got along, though. Didn't we talk? Didn't we have Paul Roman once? I seem to remember they that. didn't have Paul Roman once, but I, I think Kevin's I, question is why did Paul Roma get like a second chance at Jim Powers is teaming with Marquette here? Yeah. Because Marquette, I no think, one knows who Marquette is. Marquette is a, a no. Well, I think I think because there was friction. If I remember right, I thought Jim Powers was the problem. Like he thought he was better than what he was. No, all right, okay. It might have been attitude wise. Ah, I mean, I guess you're not you're not you 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 can look like a million bucks, but your attitude shit. So go out there and take the write off, buddy. Yeah, probably. For sure, I would think. He didn't even take the write off in this match. I don't think that he just take the clothesline. Can I? uh... Uh, throw out maybe, maybe a hot take. I don't even know. Money Inc. Terrible tag team. They did not wrestle like a tag team. They wrestled like two singles guys. Well, they yeah, but it was cool. Guys. It was cool seeing them though, man. I like I like Diviazzi wearing all like the white and gold and everything. And IRS like comes months. out, but it fit. It fit, dude. It was I it, in real time when I saw them like debut. I was like kind of like I was kind of weird about it and then the fact that they like first of all the fact that ted dibiase had a, a manager uh, obviously i know he had sherry before that but that didn't last very long but the fact that jimmy hart was managing ted dibiase always felt weird to me yeah you know what i think it might have been better if they had sherry as their manager at this point and sherry was all gowned up and like like ballroom dresses and shit like that that would have been cool but like jimmy yeah. hart was like the, the airbrush like yeah that like 100 percent, kev like 100%. that's like not that doesn't scream million dollar man to me it doesn't 100%. even scream like irs to me it screams 100%. nasty boys to me and pretty much only the nasty boys oh heart foundation yeah, but but he didn't have the graffiti gear when he managed the Heart Foundation. He had like a little. No, he, just, he didn't. You're right. So like, and then like, I guess it was just. I guess it was just a sign of the times, where like everyone was doing graffiti type stuff. So like, maybe he just wanted to like stay relevant in terms of the '90s and and airbrush and graffiti. But it just it, him with him with them. But it also led to his babyface turn, which ended up. Having yeah, him manage Hogan, but that was that was a ways away yet, though. No, of course, but I mean, if we, if we didn't get Jimmy Hart with Money Inc., we never would have got Jimmy Hart with Hogan and Beefcake. Whether or not you call that a success or not, that's up to you. Yeah, but then we also got Jimmy Hart managing the world champion, which is another weird thing. That is weird. Hulk Hogan with a manager is weird. Hulk Hogan. I said that right. You you heard the way I said that by accident. Hulk Hogan. Well, next we get an event center with Sean Mooney. Who's amazing, by the way? Isn't there an update in between here? Yeah, this yeah. Event Center, not a, uh, not an update. A mean Gene did an update update first with Mean Gene yeah. about the voodoo, and now we got an yeah, event center. Right. Yeah, and we get an interview with High Energy, Coco Beware, and Owen Hart. Terrible promo. And we get one with Rick Martel. Another terrible promo. Ah, yes. Rick it's Martel. Buff- he was better to Tonka though. Uh, buffalo breath. I go, I'm going to pick, 
I'm going to take so much more from him than his feathers. Buffalo breath really popped me though. I thought no, it was it was it was fine. It was funny, uh, and uh, just like just hearing like his French accent and how like really not like dude. I'm telling you right now, like none of these guys were great at promos. Like none of them. I was okay with Rick Martell on that. I'll tell you the I'll tell you the team that I I'll tell you the guys that I thought actually did have a good promo. And I think that was eventually coming up. It was I don't know if it's in this update or not. It might be in the next one. It was the Beverly brothers. I think they had the best one. But Yeah, it was okay. But like I never knew that Mike Enos had it in him to like cut like an actual like decent like you never saw him have charisma ever in WCW. Genius with him. Yeah, but even the, the genius didn't do much. Genius just said, "Say just that's like said." It's the story of Lanny Popo's career. That's <laughs> seriously. He got, he got paid very well, though. He did. He had that 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 like Mister Perfect run, and then like that was it, bro. He was no that you know what that was a good run. That was a great was, run. yeah, but that was a great run. But then like he parlayed that into like he was still around with the Beverly Brothers. Then he met. He worked at WCW and nobody knew because they never used him. He still got paid. Yeah. Good greatest him. thing that ever happened to him, bro. Getting paid to sit home. I'll take that shit. God, feed with Jameson. Well, the two-tone fucking mullet streak continues as the British Bulldog takes on Barry Hardy. Here's yeah, but- a, here's a wrestling truth I want to know, Matt. I'm sorry. Were the braids real? Or were they or were they extensions? My oh. guess would be extensions. They have to be. That's a great question. It you know what, to be. This is another match where it's just Mr. Perfect is talking to wait till after the match. We're going to have something that blows your mind. And then. Oh, we got Repo Man coming. on the insert. Yeah, he's got the. I got oh. the dog change. I hate dogs because they ruin my job profession. <laughs> I can't believe that's Demolition Smash. But I got, yeah, a, it's I weird, got a dog right? choker. <laughs> Yo, Mr. Perfect stinks. <laughs> At commentary. Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. Sorry. You know what he's not terrible in? Our next event center with the Ric Flair picnic. How fucking great was this? You guys didn't like this? Dude, this is fucking I mean, it's yeah. cheesy 90s. It was Yeah, but when Ric Flair's like play the message and perfect pops the tape out and smacks it and then puts the other tape in. Come on, bro. Why did he have another tape in there in the first place? And if it wasn't there, why wouldn't he like want to save it? It was obviously his tape. Because they don't. Because they're they're all about the money, man. They don't give a shit. They got money to fucking spend. They don't care. And when they pop the tape in, it's Elizabeth saying, "I love you. I'll be home soon." I know you're on the road. Here's the road, baby. I gotta ask you guys this. What's up? Right. None of this is building to any right. Like, well, Ric Flair does win the championship back from. Yeah, Mexico. he said right. he's coming back for his title. Right, but SummerSlam '92 is Savage Warrior for the title. Right, Rick Martel's wrestling uh, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Like nothing here. Like when do we get the pet? Like, oh wait a second. The- wait, so that SummerSlam is Savage Warrior for the title. Yeah, it is. So yeah. Ric Flair may have. Wait, so who's the champ at this point? It's Savage still? Savage. Savage, Savage just won the belt at E. Right. Like, so when does Ric Flair win it? And then when does Savage win it back? Because he, he, he wins it somewhere after SummerSlam before October because that's when Brett beats him. So 
but then Rick how is Flair Macho? Is but then how on. is Macho Man the champion? Because this is after oh uh, duh, because Macho Man beats him at WrestleMania. Okay, gotcha. Duh. And Savage beat yeah, yeah. a Warrior beat Savage by countout at uh, SummerSlam at Wembley. Yeah, and then Ric Flair ends up beating Savage at some point, and then Brett beats. Yeah, Ric Flair beats him at a house show. On primetime wrestling, Hershey Park, Pennsylvania, September first. And then Brett beats Flair. I think maybe like October. October twelfth, like Saskatoon. Like a yeah. month later. Yeah, forty-one wow. days he held it for. That's crazy how short that was. Well, because everyone, they, I guess the cards were on the table that Flair was leaving. Yeah, Flair wasn't even at SummerSlam '92. Yes, he was. He didn't wrestle. Well, who yeah. interfered in the title match? Was it Flair? They both did, I think. It was Flair and Perfect. Yeah. Because the was whole there. thing was like Mick, uh, Mr. Perfect was going to be in the corner of either Warrior or Savage. And it turned out that he didn't give a crap about either one of them. Nope. Another thing we don't give a crap about, Crush is up next, Matt. Oh, uh, this, his pro- brother. This, was, this was atrocious. And the Beverly Brothers right after. That Beverly was a good Brothers promo. Okay. I'm with Kevin on this. Well, Bobby Knight takes time out of co- coaching Indiana Hoosiers and takes on the Mountie in our next match. Bro, I never recall the Mountie carrying around this guitar case with this fucking taser in it. I right, so I don't remember the case. I remember the taser. That was the second. That was like the that was like the enhanced shock stick. Oh, because after he lost the title, he needed something better. I don't know. I don't know why. I I don't remember why he got rid of the original one. But he got like this, like extremely like, massive one in his feud with like, like hey, listen, we don't have anything more for you, so we're gonna put you with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, who we, who we also don't have anything for because we flip flopped him so many times. And how, like, how do I not remember Ric Flair giving Sergeant Slaughter a title match where this feud came about? It's, it, was so a, it was weird. Just, it was it was just a superstars match or a primetime match. It wasn't anything crazy. That's probably why you don't remember it. But a title match on on dude, Ric Flair got a title match with like Jimmy Anvil, Nightheart, like you know, and then the Beverly Brothers beat the crap out of Anvil. And this was Pajama Anvil. This wasn't even Heart yeah. Foundation Anvil. This was New Foundation, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Jeez. Oh God, then the High Energy promo too. Oof, that went a little <laughs> long. <laughs> and I love. Listen, everyone knows how much I love Owen Hart and always will. But the amount of time, the over under, and how many times he said electricity in that promo <laughs> was like, you're gonna feel the electricity, and you're gonna feel it in yourself. And then, of course, it always has to end with, it always has to end with Coco Beware saying, high energy. Well, he's got to sing, bro. That's what he's known for, right? Coco be singing. Uh, so next we get the Ultimate Warrior interview on the stage wearing yes. his. Wearing his jacket. This is what is I remember. Weird. Well, I think it's because I think that's what did the yeah they had the, yes. the goop thing. Yes, the apparatus, if you will. Here's the weirdest thing about this. Forget the fact that he's like got goop coming out of his head, right? Goop. He's got the goop coming. He's looking at his fingers. He's shaking and he's yelling. And the next thing you know, cue his music, and he walks off all like fucking like what just happened, and yeah. his music is playing. And also, is it that's really a hard? A... That's a hard cut with no audio. You know what I'm saying? That's like, we'll be back or something like that. You know, no, just go to black. I think even more than that, how is it a curse if it's just like doing something to you that doesn't seem to even hurt you? 
it's did we uh did we talk about when they went and they showed the footage of the ultimate warrior throwing up we sort of did but yeah, yeah when he threw up on the doctor and here's yeah. another thing matt by the way matt is that <coughs> mr perfect kept referencing that the doctor died yeah and, and i don't remember that at all no and, the doctor no the doctor didn't die of course the doctor didn't die it wasn't a doctor but like no one like mr perfect got so much joy out of the fact that uh, someone died because <laughs> ultimate warrior puked on him yeah it's fucking weird man 1992 wwf is weird Dude, Matt, you got to watch it all. Re- yeah, we really do. We need to do like, we just need to do a deep dive. Do you want to start a few episodes prior or do you want to just go forward? I-, I think we have to start. I hate to say it. We have to start with the Rumble, right? Oh, no. The 92 yeah. Royal Rumble? Yes. Or do we go? Do we just go start at 8? WrestleMania 8? Start at 8, I think. Eight's probably right? the place because I think Rumble to Mania is a pretty cohesive story, right? I think we're I mean, all on the same boat with that. Well, you're not threatening me with a good time talking about Royal Rumble 1992. Well, of course, but then not. like eight, eight to SummerSlam is like a black hole. Like, I don't, yeah, it's weird. It I changes remember... so much, the landscape changes. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Well, not we got Vince Sola and the Dublin Destroyer taking on the Bushwhackers. I was gonna say, we got our Star Wars team here, Han Solo's little brother, and the... Dude, the Dublin Destroyer? How did I not know this guy was a person? He was Apparently, a... he turned into an actor. The Dublin Destroyer? Yes. He became an actor. I did a little, him. a little bit of a dive on him. You know what's so weird in the 90s? Like, every, like a lot of like the enhancement talent gear like looked like stuff that you would wear in like, a 1990 like, aerobic video. Like... Like if you look at uh, who's the guy that freaking got squashed by uh the Mountie? It was like it's like hot pink and like like baby blue and black, and it looks like you should have a headband on and be like riding a, a motorized bicycle. Bro, uh, the 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 Great. the Dublin Destroyer. He's an actor, dude. He's oh, is he ever? He was in Ransom. Movies. He was in Stuart Little too. Sleepers and rounders, yeah. Hootie Tang, Hootie Tang. Oh, all right, Matt. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, <laughs> is we need to have the Dublin Destroyer on this podcast. Oh, fuck so yes, wise? dude. Yeah, Brian Donahue, he's 59. I, I need to know all about Hootie Tang. That's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. You, you want to book somebody for June? <laughs> Well, he doesn't my, even have my birthday like, show. He doesn't even what? have like a name. It just says Brian Donahue. Like he doesn't have a character. He's sandwiched between Greg Hand, the prison guard, and Jim Earl, who was just Eddie. Who gives a shit? Oh, so maybe he's just an extra. Who cares? I, I want him. I need. Right, I need so... me some. I need me some Dublin Destroyer. He's no in promises. some Hulk Hogan movie. There's a picture of him and Hogan dressed exactly the same in vest. Maybe he was in Three Ninjas. Oh, so maybe. So is, is he like a? He might just be like a stunt guy. Gives or, a shit, bro. It's the Dublin Destroyer. I'm with you. He's got. He's, he's a former NFL player too. What team? I don't know. I fucking closed the page. Let me see uh, if I can pull it up here real quick. No, no, it's all good. I don't. I don't see any Hogan movies on here. Yeah, but there's a picture of him and Hogan. Like if you look, if you look on his IMDb, Schlongy Boy says he's on Dark Two. I'm assuming he means Dark Side of the Ring. Dude, he was, was on. That was half an hour ago. 
Blue Bloods, oh, uh, Ray Donovan. He's been on TV. Mr. Robot. Never heard of that show. Billions. He was on Billions. It's a good it's show. Be a fucking stunt man. No, he he played a, a pitching coach. <laughs> All right. Put me in, coach. He's been on the late show with David Letterman. As what though? Uh, a lot of just, lot of blue says, bloods. It just says the guy. Yeah. I, I need to double destroyer on this podcast. Dude, he was he played the angry roofer on the Sopranos. Get out of here. And how did listen, Mark K couldn't Dude, get he was gig? on Oz. He played a corrections officer on Oz. Bro, he's been around. Yeah, a little law and order. Of course he's gotta have law and order. Well, I need Dick Wolf promote Kev. He was the nasty neighbor on the adventures of Pete and Pete. What? Brian Donahue. <laughs> this guy, where have you been all my life? Oh, Thunder in Paradise. There you go. <laughs> Fucking that's, A, dude. We, we got to get him on the show. That's the main event. Right. Might be too big for us, Tony. Fucking I'll see, what, I'll see what I could do. Might be. You got to try out with the Jets. He signed as a free agent to play his no, uh, play nose tackle. He played with the Packers to play nose tackle, suffered a knee injury, joined the Argonauts in the CFL. So he didn't have much of a career in football, 86 to 87, before he joined WWE. Yeah, well, joined in air quotes. Oh, shit. He wrestled for the UWF in 91 as well, bro. Bro. He was part of the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular at MGM Studios. He played the German mechanic and the scimitar swordsman in the show. Come on, bro. Dude. Book this man. Matt, work your magic. Matt, oh, you're, you're, you're in the booking committee. <laughs> the Dublin Destroyer. <laughs> Coming up next on The Shining Wizards. I'll see what I can do, boys. <laughs> All right, uh, let's wrap this up. It's getting yeah, late. So I'm this Bushwhacker tired. match is just a, a drop back for them to talk about the Warriors' funky head. And then uh, we get a, uh, this is uh, an ad for the WBF championship airs. And the most ironic thing about it is that they have like an anti-steroid article in the map. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, t- he talks about that after the, the main event here. Yep. The main event, you mean Kenny, Kenny Davis against Kamala or Carrie Davis. <laughs> main event. Anywhere oh, in the world. oh, oh, oh. I like how Vince really tries to ham it up and he thinks that Kerry Davis is going to end up in a pot with carrots and potatoes. Now, here's something I was here's something I thought about. Where so cheese go. So Papa Shango is supposed to be like from uh, from like Louisiana, right? He's supposed to be like a voodoo guy from like, you know, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. Like the voodoo that, guys are all from like that part, like the bayou shit like that. Is that where they build them from? No, but. I, I picture him being like a voodoo guy from like uh like Bourbon Street that area like isn't that like where all the voodoo shit happens like sure I don't know I, I saw Princess and the Frog I remember the voodoo guy from there okay so here's my thing right so like Kamala comes from a tribe from Africa right so like you you don't think they could have put these two together as like you know Tony? the voodoo guy and the 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 headhunter Tony can I tell you something right now what's that in my Hasbro like wrestling fig fed. Fucking A, dude. I had these guys called the Voodoo Monsters in my Hasbro fig fed. Kamala and Papa Shanko. Fucking A, dude. Yeah, the Voodoo Monsters, I called them. Fucking A. And this was last week. <laughs> this came to me while I was watching this today. I'm like, why did they never put these two together? This would have been amazing. They should have. And it would have given Kamala a lot more 
length in his WWE run probably would have made him a lot more money. Imagine that, dude. Voodoo guys against Money Inc. tag titles. Yeah, dude. I, I Tony, I, I, I'll, I'll, I have documentation. <laughs> I don't need it, bro. I 100% believe you. It's a fantastic idea. Gotta be something here. Yeah. So, like Matt said before, to close out the show, we got the WBF uh, magazine, which was out, and uh, they had talked about their anti-steroid policy with Gary Stridham on the cover. So, you know, take it for what it is. Ah, the truth about steroids. We got two extra promos to close the show too, didn't we? We got a Shawn Michaels promo that he cut on Bret Hart. That's right. Called Bret Hart yep. an old man. Said he was coming for that IC title. Said oh, his no. better days were behind him. That's right. And we got the natural disasters. Talking about Money Inc. that they oh. wanted championships. No, they, they wouldn't they, know they, what hit they them. They want they want the entire Jimmy Hart family, I guess, which is a thing. Yeah, dude. They were pissed off, man. Full of piss and vinegar. Them we want the Mountie. We want the nasty boy. That Shawn Michaels promo though was fucking weird as shit too. It was so funny, like especially with the history that 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 comes down between the two of them. That must have been very fresh in like the Sherry run because Sherry was still dressed as like, other than like the makeup on the side of her face, she was still dressed as like, kind of like DiBiase slash Queen Sherry. She didn't have like all the she wasn't all leathered out. I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle. Ankle hurt. Well, I'm hurting. Can we pull this train yeah, to the station? Good, All right. Oh, we got a going home. Anybody got a going home? I got a going home. I got myself a going home. Let's play. Who said this? Again. That's, that's quote. A game. This is from an appearance on something called pounding the meat. <laughs> I swear to God, I just noticed that. Of course it is. Quote. How that ended was Vince wanted me to watch Raw for a couple of weeks and give my feedback. I'm like, bro, I'll be happy to do that. I ain't doing that for free. Your product sucks, bro. I'm willing to help you. I'm not going to jump through hoops to help you. If you want to pay me to critique the show for the next couple of months, I'll be happy to do that. But I certainly was not going to do that for free because the product is horrible. I was just looking to help the guy because the product is horrible. Anyone? Vince Russo. Russo. Vince Russo, who claims to this this pounding the meat, I guess it's a podcast. He said that Vince McMahon reached out to him for his honest opinions as to the WWE product, wanted him to watch it and give his opinions. And he's like, bro, I'm not doing that for free, which I don't blame him. But I don't know if I believe it. That's my going home. I don't believe anything he says. I kind of like this. I think my going home from now on will be like, guess the quote. Guess the speaker. It's kind of fun. I mean, the bro's a giveaway on this one, but the Ryback one was tough last week. I mean, I got it. I know you did, but, you know. Feed me. All Uh, right, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. That's right. I thought, no going home for you, Kevin? Oh, I mean, I I just want to send a shout-out to uh, New York uh, independent wrestler Mike Verna, who was in a really bad car accident, and he's in the hospital. Should oh, be okay. Shit, really? Should be okay. Join, join the list, bro. Yeah. Red, Red Titus also Saturday night. What after the that. show? Yeah, on the parkway. Someone fucking drove right into him. Holy that's shit. That's what happened with Verna on the Triborough Bridge. Yeah. Holy And I think Josh Alexander was in a car accident this week, too. Did not oh yeah. So shout out to all three of them then. And uh Holy Verna seems shit. to be okay. He put on something on Facebook today and uh uh 
So just shout out to him. I, have, I don't really know him all that well, but I we, we spent some time together at the uh, the old uh, company. So thank you very much. And uh, Verna, I don't know why I said thank you very much, but uh, shout out to Mike Verna and Speedy Recovery to all who have been hurt in car accidents. Yeah, I had the privilege of calling a few Mike Verna matches back in the day. He's in a Magic Spoon commercial. He's on TV, man. Fucking A, dude. I know a celebrity too, Kev. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, Matt. I think they, uh, they all were. I think Verna got the worst of it. Yeah. In the car accidents, Rhett, Rhett got like fucking head on too. Yeah. Oh, that's like the guy drove was the wrong way on the parkway. Yeah, not good. Uber people uh, don't drink and drive. Friend LSG had to go pick him up. Picked up, uh, Rhett. Rhett? Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Um, I don't have it going home. All right, well, it's time to go home. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Remember Brian R. Solomon on the Twitter machine. Check out his book, Blood and Guts, Blood and Fire, uh, the original Sheik story. Um, <laughs> just put Blood and Fire into your fucking search box. Uh, Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real life story of wrestling's original Sheik. ECW Press, not available in any kind of paper form, but available for Kindle on Amazon currently. Go to barnesandnoble.com. Uh, Brian says that it is available there at this time. It's selling out quick. It's a damn good read. I haven't even finished like a third of the book yet, and I'm fucking hooked. Get it. Uh, so special thanks to Brian. Uh, next week, we got Akira. He's joining us. And I believe next week is Down the Aisle. Woo, fuck yeah. It is Down the Aisle. Um, and uh, we'll have some more announcements uh on guests and upcoming shows so stay tuned for that uh and of course i have my new show coming out i guess i have no fucking idea it'll be somewhere tomorrow maybe if you like new japan pro wrestling check it out yeah because the british guy's too lazy so matt has to do all the work yeah matt matt hey matt want to do a podcast yeah do all the work yeah that's it chop chop let's go all back. Matt, Matt, let's go. Fucking podcast this thing. Come on. Put this on the tubes. Let me turn this off here. See you later. You took everything off. Bye, everyone. No selling us. (laughs) I kicked my guy rid of the Ladio cast, man. You shut it off? The rant I did. Nobody listens on the fucking rant. rant. We'll be back uh, next Monday. Same time. Same groovy station. Um, remember, rate, review, subscribe on all platforms, no matter where you listen to the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate it greatly. We'll be back next week another episode of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Look at me. I'm a robot. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> throw these tissues out. Boogers. Oh, so, so much so Kevin's